Yeah. Hey, everybody. It's Tom. I feel like I'm in the old Bugs Bunny cartoon when he goes, Come back here, you rabbit. Well, 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 I'm back. Sorry I missed last week. I uh, couldn't do the show because I had a little bit of a little bit of a ting. I had a ting going on. And the ting, yeah, it was some kind of ting, man. It was a a ting. I sound like uh, uh, Maura Higgins up in here saying ting. Right, my uh, the real heads know what I'm talking about when I mention when they hear a Maura Higgins uh, nod on the show, they know what that means. The rest of you, you don't get it. Just like when I was on the boardwalk that time, and the guy said to me, "King Crimson," because he saw my shirt, my lark's tongues and aspic shirt, and I said, "Yeah." Then uh, he said, we get it. They don't. And pointed at all the the sheep, according to him. Not my definition. I don't think everybody's a sheep. He did. I looked at those people on the Jersey Shore that day, and I saw what I saw were were heroes. I saw heroes with their cones filled with soft serve ice cream and their sausage sandwiches i saw heroes that day yeah so i I, I wasn't here last week why well i got the covid bing bong ding dong what are you gonna do it was my turn am i well I'm not. I've been laid out, basically been laid out right after the previous best show, more or less. Yeah, this is two weeks, two weeks for the kid. Yikes. But we'll talk more about that and other things as the show progresses. Um, I'll say right now, I don't know if we're going to do a full one because your guys' energy are not so good, but we'll get it there. We'll get it. You put me on the ropes like this, I'll still pull something together for you. You know why? I might have gotten COVID-19, but you're listening to a Rat Bastard 22, baby. Best show.
background the OCs you make me sick oh yeah that's from what's that from sucks blood yep the great OCs hopefully you're going to see them I'm going to OC them Uh, uh, uh. I'll OC them soon right get it no you don't well, it has to do with the fact that the C is in the band name, and you get it. You're just making fun of me. Um, and before that, we heard something brand new from the one and only A Super Chunk. Their new album came out last week, Wild Loneliness. We heard this night, and I'm going to say it right now. This album's a... Uh, This album's the corker, baby. It's good stuff. Oh, look, they're always super chunk are always great. But in this second iteration of Super Chunk, man, oh man. This might be the the high water mark of that whole of this the 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 chapter two of Super Chunk. This might this might be the high water mark of the, of that that whole run. Unbelievable, man. Check it out. This night, Wild Loneliness is the album. And it's on Merge. Okay. Welcome back to the best show. I guess I didn't play the best show music underneath because I was talking about the OCs. What do we got going tonight? Tonight we got um, special guests coming on the show. Um rescheduled from last week because again there was no best show last week uh uh our, our our friend john hodgman and our friend david reese one would be enough both of them together what that's right no they're back and they got their show dick town uh season two just began of their animated uh show dick town which i love so much And we're going to talk to them all about their new show and other stuff. Uh, so where'd we leave off? Well, I did the show two weeks ago. And then a day or so after that, uh did not feel so good. And I thought it was work-related, stress, ba-ba-ba, what else is new? And slept a bunch, went away on the weekend. Uh, not very, not, I was not around people, went away, and ended up being like, yeah, something's not right. I ain't feeling so hot, but before, before leaving took two 
count them two COVID tests. And those tests came back negative. They came back negative. So I was, I just felt like, oh, maybe got a little, little bug, whatever. Then, then, um, yeah. Uh, oh, well, there was a, there was another work thing that I can't get specific about, but I missed the opportunity to do it because of, um, because I was like, well, I got to take a COVID test to do this thing. And I was not feeling 100%, but I'm like, all right, I think I'm, maybe I'm getting better. You know, you're not sure how you're feeling. You're just like, am I getting better? Am I not? Where am I at here? So then get the pro COVID test and then boing, 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 positive. And then, man, oh, man. That next morning, I woke up and somebody dropped a pile of bricks on my head. That was something else. When this thing started, I just want to say, is 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 the it's the the COVID thing? It's like yeah, look, it's it's I think it's getting under control when people can start to ease their whatevers with things. God bless you. That's the reality of things. I'm excited about it. you. Think I want to walk around wearing a mask all day long no i don't but i'll tell you this man i was one week into loosening my own personal covid deal up and then bonk and i'm that's just me that's i can only speak for myself i'm only speaking for myself on this i got clocked but hard and everybody's like oh uh you get it now and it's just like a it's like a, a cold. It's like a cold because that's almost, you know, look, whatever I got, I don't know what I got. Did I get Omicron? I don't know. Am I, I don't know. I don't know what I got. All I know is that it felt like I got a, a cement truck ran me over for, for two weeks, basically. And yesterday was the first day where the symptoms eased enough that I could even do literally anything. Um, laid in bed and I'm talking about a headache that was like, I mean, I couldn't even think of a headache that was close to what this headache was. I'm telling you, this was like easily, easily the worst headache I've ever had. Um, it was like a like an old railroad spike got nailed right through the middle of my head. Um, sinuses were just just in agony the whole time. Body ache, not so much with the cough. Um, yeah, but absolutely devastating. I mean, to where it's like, oh, could I could I read in bed? No, I couldn't. It hurt to read. I couldn't read. I couldn't watch movies. I'm laying in bed. It hurt to watch a movie. I started watching over. I At one point, I flipped through Criterion Channel. I'm like, and I was like, 
Well, who am I kidding? I'm going to watch some of these egghead movies now? No. Oh, uh, uh, great. Oh, I'll watch some, uh, uh, some, uh, some less blank movies. Boy, that'll be fun. Lay in bed. Watch uh, some uh, experimental cinema. Wait, it's it's about it's high time now that I got uh, some downtime. I might as well really brush up on my stand brackage and uh, really get a get a handle on on on. <laughs> no, I couldn't. Oh my god, I couldn't see. Couldn't read. Couldn't watch movies. I ended up watching one movie. The 2017 remake of Murder on the Orient Express. Which, why did I watch that? I don't know. You know why? You know why I watched it? Because a couple of years ago, I watched I watched a third of it on a plane, and I was just like, oh, this movie goes down easy. It took me three days to get through that movie. And I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed watching Kenneth Branagh, who I'm telling you, man, I can't get a handle on what this dude's all about. Kenneth Branagh. It's like, yeah, I'll do Shakespeare. Yeah, I'll do a Thor movie. I'll direct a Thor movie. Yeah, I'll do the I'll I'll direct and star in Murder on the Orient Express. And you're just like, man, this guy's got some kind of career. It's a it's a weird one. It's a weird one. But I'm watching that movie, and he's got this bushy mustache in it. He's got this bushy mustache that's like uh I I thought for a minute it was Oliver Peck from uh from uh Ink Master. Suddenly, I thought I was watching. Uh, is that, am I watching Ink Master? Is Oliver Peck solving a crime? Where's Chris Nunez? Is he is he looking for clues? And don't even get me started on Clean Rock One. Don't even get me started on Clean Rock One, where he is. Yeah, but look. That easy, that easy version of this going around, even if you're boosted and vaxxed and all that, ain't the one I got. So I'm just saying, just be careful. Just people be careful. Just be careful. We ain't, we ain't, it's ain't, it ain't over. Might be getting better, but it ain't over. But it might be getting better. I think it's getting better. So it's getting better. So hopefully we all get past it. But I didn't got an escape. I thought I was going to escape. I could feel it. I could feel I was going to be, ah, the rest of you suckers are all getting COVID left and right. And then suddenly it's like, uh-oh. Yeah, I think I got it too. Wah, wah. Yeah, it, uh. Ultimately, what I ended up watching was a fair amount of uh, uh, roast battles again. Apparently, that's all I can handle at this point. My brain. Not roast battles. Watching. Just watching roasts. 
Man, I watched roasts. Bunch of them. Yeah. Saw a bunch of roasts in bed. But you know what? Look who's here. I know they all love it. Everybody loves it. There's but there's a there's a lot of people I know. I know there's a lot of people that love that I got COVID. I know that. It's it's just fact. They were cheering for COVID. The way that the way that uh, they, 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 people cheer for the bad guy, they were cheering for COVID. Unless they think I'm the bad guy, then they thought COVID was a good guy. But the rat bastard's back. Rat bastard's back. 2022. Tom time. Double deuce. Look out. If bleeping COVID couldn't couldn't do what it tried to do, me getting a bad run of it. If I'm back here after one week, well, uh, loop de loop. How'd the song go again? Loop de loop, flip flop, flying in an airplane. Remember that song? Everybody loved that song. Back. Who doesn't love a good uh, unreleased Al Jardine Beach Boys song? Um, no, look, I'm here. I got big plans for this year, and now uh, I'm a little more dedicated to them than I was before. And, um, yeah, I just got to get my strength back, and I can't, I can't push it either because I can feel. I can feel the urge to push it and to just kind of to kind of just be like, okay, I can stand on my own two feet. I guess that means I can pick it back up where I left off. I don't think I can. I can't go that fast. I gotta, I gotta do this right. I gotta, I, I gotta do it right. So I'm going to do it right, but I'm going to do it. First thing we're doing, you know, there's two there's two shows I do. I do the best show each and every week. And then, then I also do a double threat, which is the show I do. It's the it's the uh, it's a two it's a it's a uh, it's a two hander as they call it in the biz. It's me. And uh, the one and only uh, Julie Klausner, the the hyphenate, the super talent. And by the way, I believe Julie just announced a third Los Angeles show. She sold out all her New York shows for her cabaret show. She's taken it to L.A., and I think two of the shows are sold out. There's one more to go. If you want to go to it, that's the only way you're getting in. You better get tickets to that. Go go figure out how to get those tickets and get those tickets. Because when they're gone, they ain't coming back. Kind of like so many things. Hi, everybody. Tim Heidecker here. We have a brand new Office Hours that just came out of the oven. We've got legendary psych rocker Ty Siegel. And Doug is back from down under. G'day. G'day. 
and his mommy came with him. Mommy and Gary Lusenhop are here too. Alicia let me know that she finished the White Album, has thoughts on that. So much more on this legendary episode of Office Hours. Find us on your podcast app of choice or watch us on YouTube at youtube.com slash office hours live. Who are the animals? Because I don't smell them. So don't mess it. But Julie, Julie and I do a show called Double Threat each and every Saturday. Well, no, it comes out on Monday. We record on, on weekends. Again, the other thing with this is a there is a, a something that people talk about called the brain fog. And I can say that's real. It feels like I got hit in the back of the head by a two by four. And sometimes the thoughts, they start, but they don't finish. So just realize that's how it's, 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 it's rough stuff. It's rough stuff, Jack. COVID. Your guy's fighting out of it. So Julie and I do Double Thread. We've been doing it for a couple of years. And this past week was episode 99 of Double Thread, which means that this upcoming episode is going to be the 100th episode of Double Threat. And guess what? You're not going to believe this. We are doing a live stream, 100th episode live stream. And it's this Saturday, March 12th, 2 p.m. Eastern time, 2 p.m. Eastern. And you can buy tickets to it at double threat 100 100 dot eventbrite, B R I T E dot com. Double threat 100.eventbrite.com. And what's going to happen on this uh, episode? Well, for your information, there'll be special guests. There's going to be music. There's going to be ventriloquism, I was just told. There's going to be uh, our our producer, Brett, is going to do his first slide and probably last slide. Because he's obsessed by these sliders that work at theme parks and slide on their knees and sparks fly. He's going to do a slide. And boy, oh boy, oh boy, I can't wait to see that. It'll be nice to be nice to wrap up the whole Brett thing after he does this slide. And we don't hear from him so much anymore because he don't feel so good. And also, what will be there uh, on that 100th episode? An NFT. We're going to make an NFT available for everybody. Up, 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 up. Not an NFT that, not the NFT you think. A TNFT shirt. Get it? It's an NFT shirt that literally is only going to be available for purchase to live stream attendees. And it's a shirt designed by Stephen Winchell who's been doing so much great artwork. And Stephen has done a shirt that will only be available for purchase during the 100th episode live stream. If you buy a ticket, then you can, the, the, then you can buy a shirt. That's the only people can buy shirts. 
That's this Saturday. So don't miss that. Don't miss it. I'm telling you, don't miss it. Don't miss it. Yeah. So look, I'm, I'm back. Am I back in the saddle again? You could say I'm back in the saddle again. Am I making my horse go very fast? I'm not. My horse is going at a good clip clomp. We're not going as fast as a horse does in, say, a horse movie. What do they call those again? Westerns. Not horse movies. Yeah. So, you know, it's like you watch those old horse movies. We're not going as fast as those. And when these movies, when these people take these horses, when you take a horse through a river, it's the horse ever just like, really? I got to go in this river. You sure this isn't too deep? I'm a horse. I don't have floaties. But no, they got to ride their horse across a the river. They're fine. Oh, yeah, my boots got wet. My boots got a little wet. Yeah, the horse is like, I'm two-thirds underwater now. And you don't know how deep this this river is that you're making me cross. You don't know. And then what are you going to give me, a carrot later? Some oats? Look, these horses are getting shoved around too much. I'm sick of it. Sick of the way humans treat horses. You know what I'm really sick of? I'm sick of the way these apes treat these, treat these horses. The way these apes and these Planet of the Apes movies treat these horses is just as bad as the humans. And again, it's also pretty unfair. These Planet of the Apes movies, it's called Planet... Imagine this. It's a planet. And what's on the planet? Apes. Okay, so you call Planet of the Apes. Oh, but, but, but. What are the apes getting around on? They, these apes ain't running uh, the, the RAV4s all over the place. They run doom buggies. They run horses. Planet of the Apes and the Horses is what those movies should be called. Maybe that's, got a, maybe that's in a smaller font, the and the Horses part. Could be. Maybe you put that in smaller font. Maybe it's a 20-point font says Planet of the Apes, and a 12-point font says and the horses. I would love to see a movie where they do Planet of the Apes, but now the apes are fighting back. They're being fought by the horses. And then the horses and the humans team up to fight the apes. Boy, that's the way you go with those movies. Battle for the planet of the apes and the horses. Battle beneath the planet of the apes and the horses. Conquest of the planet of the apes and the planet of the horses. Who's, who's got some Hollywood pull? Let's make those movies. Oh, so yeah, so this Saturday, Double Threat 100th episode, do not miss it. It's going to be fun. It's it, The last one we did 
was a total blast. This one's going to be even better. And there's going to be a surprise during it, too. There's going to be a surprise there. I think there's going to be another surprise during it. Surprise announcement. And this one is actually a, a earth shaker. We got an earth shaker coming up during that. I'm going to say right now, there's an earth shaker coming up during that 100th episode announcement wise that we're going to uh, drop on your face and you ain't going to, you ain't going to know what to do. Double threat, 100 dot eventbrite.com. All right. So who do we got? Is everybody here? Pat, Mike, Dudio, everybody here? Present. Present. That's Pat. I'm here, Tom. That's Mike. You Glad you're better. Here. Oh, thank you, Mike. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. it it's yeah. And, and the studio's not here apparently. Well, we had a. Is he? He's on mute. He's on mute. Glad you're feeling better, Tom. Oh, there you go. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, apparently, apparently, Pat isn't. But that's fine. I thought, that's, that's how it goes. I thought I thought you might need a little more no, rest. No, 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 no. That's fine. That's fine. That's fine. I know you're happy. I'm better. I'm getting better. And I'm getting better all the time. Couldn't get no worse. Man. That almost not so good. So yeah, so look, I'll take we'll take some calls tonight. Not many, uh, probably not a lot of calls tonight. Um, no, we'll do we'll do some though because we got our special guests coming up. Uh, the stars of the animated, the hit animated series on FXX, Dick Town. We got a uh, uh, John Hodgman and David Reese, and they are going to be on to talk about the season two of their hit show. It's going to be exciting, and that'll be later in the show. Do we have any calls, though, Pat? We got a full house. Pat, throw me a call. Throw me one that's going to make me feel good, please. Throw me one that'll make me feel nice. Please. I just want to I just want to feel good. That's all I'm asking for. Can I just feel good for once in my life? Esho, hi. Hi, Tom. I'm glad you're feeling better. Oh, thanks. Who's this? This is uh, Simon from Ontario. Oh. Well... I guess I got to pull the Band-Aid off right away. I'll go easy on you. Worst first. Worst first. is what. Not, and not that you're the worst, but you give me a hard time. You always give me a hard time, Simon. I'll go, I'll go easy on you because you're recovering. No, look, you go as hard as you want because I'll knock your bleeping block off. I ain't scared of you, son. Okay. I ain't scared of you. What do you get? You got a belly full of... Uh, of uh, Got a belly full of anchovy pizza. <laughs> I'm I'm actually not totally in fighting form neither, so I think we're oh. evenly matched. No, no, no. You bring it. You bring it. I think you no, got. I, a little, I gave myself food poisoning yesterday. You by by eating what? What gave uh, it to you? I had some very nice biscuits with dinner, and I didn't feel very well the next day. I was very nauseous, and then I realized that the butter had gone bad. Mm-hmm. Uh. And I, it was my fault because I thought it tasted odd the first time around, but I, I thought that it was like artisan butter and it had more complex flavors or something. So it's entirely no, my fault. It was just rotten. Kind of. It was just rotten butter. You ate rotten butter. Well, you ate some rotten butter. I don't I know why. 
I also 30 minutes ago kicked a door frame so hard that I broke part of the door frame and my toenail. Seems like somebody's coming unglued. I, like... I have really bad spatial uh, intelligence. Mm-hmm. I never know where my limbs are. Seems like Simon's coming unglued. Big tough talk over there. Big tough talk. You're folding like a you're folding like a slice of Toronto pizza. Because they cut it in a weird way. They cut they cut the pizza up there like like it's a fourth grade uh uh pizza party. Oh and we gotta where you gotta make the you gotta stretch the pizza as much as possible. You know the way we get a slice in the USA and there's eight slices to a pie? They got mm-hmm. sixteen up there. They run that thing twice. They cut a slice right down the right down as if you'd think you were uh, you were getting pizza at some sort of uh, some sort of timeshare meeting that they'd set up where they're just they ordered three pizzas and they're trying to just stretch the food as far as they can so they 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 have that pizza on you. Yeah, and also, I, I'm not sure if it's a thing around here, but I have a really rough time because people tend to measure, like, how big a pizza is when you're ordering it in slices and not diameter. And sometimes I'll have an aneurysm almost trying to explain to people that it doesn't matter how many slices there are, that has very little bearing on the surface area of the pizza, but people don't seem to get that. They like slices. What do you think they would like? order a pie and fold it in fourths and then eat it that way no no no. it's well no this is circle pizzas not square pizzas yeah but you could also fold you could fold a circle in half and then a half again i guess well i know you you guess what, what, what are we doing what are we dealing with, are we dealing with you have uh, to fold to get it in your mouth. time travel here it is not time travel my friend it's very, very provable that you can fold a pizza in half and then fold that half in half again. I've just never seen anybody do it before. Okay. You ever watch anybody take one of those giant cans of baked beans from um, from Costco and just open it up and then pour it on their head? You ever see that? Not yet. No, but but you think it's possible, right? I guess. Yeah, you guess. So, uh, so what? Unless you see it happen, you don't believe it. Is that is that where you're at? Yeah, I have the uh, yeah. I'm, I'm a three year old in that regard. When yeah, you got no sense of object permanence. Really so if I go and I hide behind a blanket, you think I'm gone? Oh, where's Tom? Where's Tom? Where'd he go? Oh, there he is. Yeah. I have no object permanence. Yeah, no object permits. What's up, buddy? Uh, uh, that's a, a shout-out to all your uh, your baby friends. Yeah, right? exactly. Uh, but for real, Tom, I am glad that you're okay. Thank you so much. And you, so you, you, I'm glad you're on the mend, too. It sounds like, sounds like you had a run-in with, with that rotten butter, and you, you didn't do yourself no favors. I guess so. Um. Uh, yeah, I guess I'm, I'm just calling to say I'm I'm really excited that uh, stuff's opening up around here. Like I saw a movie yesterday, and I got a I got a ticket for a, like the first show I'm going to see in like six months. So like what you movie saying, did you see? Batman. Yeah, you're you're right on. You saw the Batman. I saw the Batman. 
How is it? Um, it's good. Here's the don't thing. Don't spoil any of it. For, don't spoil it for me. I, I won't spoil it at all. Ticket prices, movie theater ticket prices, have been keeping pace with inflation, or like because the run times are so long for these movies that you're still getting your money's worth. It's a three-hour movie. The human That's bladder can't do that. At least mine can't. They should have an intermission. They should. They, why not have an intermission? Movie, sorry. Why not have an, Why not have Batman go like, "We'll be right back." You got ten minutes. Get in the lobby and go to the bathroom. Hurry back. Especially since they're advertising, at least in the theater I go to, free popcorn refills, right? Who's yeah. leaving the theater to get more popcorn? Well, what do you think they're good? No, that's a that's a challenge. They know that's an they know that's how they that's how they get you, my friend. That's how they get you. What do you think they're gonna make it easy for you to get that free popcorn? I guess not, but popcorn's cheap too. It ain't like they're <laughs> All right. Yeah, but but it's but they they'd rather give you less of it. It's true, they would. They are business. They need to make money. So you so you go and you see the Batman movie, and um, this is the only thing I could say. This previous fellow who made these Batman movies, what was his name again? Christopher Nolan. Christopher Nolan, and he made a movie. He made these Batman movies, and they're each basically coming up on three hours long, right? Right between two and a half and three hours long for this guy's Batman movies. But then he goes, he makes a movie and this is a movie about a guy running around in his underwear, fighting a guy with uh, uh, clown makeup on three hours to tell that story. No, I need this much room to tell the story. But then this guy goes, he makes a movie called Dunkirk about the war right an actual battle in the war he wraps that movie up in an basically an hour and 40 minutes you can't wrap up a comic book movie in three in two hours but you can wrap up a, a war movie in an hour of 40 I guess so. that to me. Oh, and you were, uh, I, I don't know if you know the casting, but we were talking about earlier, a certain movie, one of those actors is Alfred in the new Batman movie. Wait, what, what, what actor? So uh, in the Planet of the Apes films, one of those actors is uh, Alfred. Not, in, not as an ape, though. No. <laughs> Andy Serkis seems to be getting around. Yeah, he is getting around. I don't know. I could do what that guy does. Mm-hmm. Not, and I'm not. I'm not kidding even a little bit. You don't think I could go put some ten, some some uh, ping pong balls, glue some ping pong balls onto a leotard, and then jump around? Can you bend over and put your palms on the ground? Yeah, I could do that, and I would do that. This guy, this guy, this guy is, uh, is rich. Uh, this guy's uh, 
as as, as rich as a god, a god, and because he puts on a, a leotard with ping pong balls on it, and it goes, "Ooh, I'm an ape. Ooh, I'm King Kong now. Ooh, now I'm Gollum." Not hard to do. Easiest job in showbiz. King Kong. This guy played King Kong. What's that take? And I got in an argument once with somebody, an esteemed actor. An esteemed actor got on me. The the offspring of a a multi-award-winning Hollywood legend. This actor got on me because I said I said that I could do what Andy Circus did. I said it on Twitter. I said I could do what Andy Circus did. He started yelling at me. God bless him though. Whatever. I know I could. Somebody go get me a leotard and a green screen. And I'll 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 this is my offer right now. It's I'm calling it the one fifteenth promise. Anybody wants to anybody wants to hire me for a thing? You pay me one fifteenth of what you'd pay Andy Circus. I'll show up. I'll bring my own bleeping leotard. And I will bring eighteen ping pong balls. And I will bring enough gorilla glue to put those ping pong balls anywhere. On that leotard, you want it for one fifteenth of whatever you were going to pay Andy Circus. What do you think about that? I take you up on the offer. Well, you you ain't making no movies. Not yet, I ain't. I'm young. Yeah, I got plans. You have plans to make a movie? I got plans to make something. Okay. I don't know. You can't even be trusted to to eat fresh butter. Well, you never heard of the tortured artist? Yeah, you never heard of checking the expiration date on butter? Whatever it takes. Yeah. Well, you know what? One of the things it takes? Checking the date on the butter. I don't think it was a date thing so much. Okay. This I I want to hear now. This I want to hear. I want to hear this is my best this is the best moment of my life right now. Please explain to me why it, by you eating rotten butter wasn't as much of a date thing as it was something else. Please explain this to me. Oh, no, it wasn't somebody else's fault. But I generally I don't know how y'all get butter, but it was like a block of butter that you unwrap and throw the wrapper out. Mhm. I, I don't keep my butter wrappers around for two to three months to check when the butter huh? expired. Well, maybe you might want to start, my friend. Clearly, you need some help. Clearly, you need some butter help. I'm just maybe telling I you. Do. I don't What's know. That? Things are falling apart, but I'll pull them back together. Look, I'm rooting for you. Nobody's on your side more than me, Simon. Nobody's on your side more than me. I get well, it. Now that you've an, got me beaten you're down, imp. you're an imp. You're, you're more than willing to be here. generous now that you, I'm, I've made the fool of myself. Look, you made a fool of yourself. Whoop de damn do, as Derek Coleman said. The, the, the greatest net player in franchise history 
Derek Coleman, number 44, said, whoop de damn do Indeed. And that's what you need to start saying. You need to start taking your pages out of, out of, out of D.C. You got to say, what would D.C. do in this moment? He'd say, he'd say, whoop de damn do Where is that clip? It's high time I play this. Where is this Derek Coleman whoop de damn do clip? Do I not have it? Do I not have it? Oh, my God. I don't have it. Wait. Oh, no. Here it is. Here it is. Waited a long time to find this, but here it is. There. Well, no, that's not it. That's a mistake. Um, for the love of Christ, can someone find me the whoop de damn do clip? All right, my friend. Look, I'm on your side. This might this might this might hurt for do you to hear this? I might be the only one rooting for you, Simon. Nice Simon, to hear, I might be the only one rooting for you. But I am. I believe in you. Do, do I think you need to, 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 to figure out what food is going bad in your in your home? Yeah, I do. I think that might be a concern. That's actually a serious concern right now. That you're eating rotten food. And you're continuing to eat it. Hmm, this butter doesn't taste so good. Hmm, it didn't taste put a little bad. More. It just Let me put a little dip. more. What were you spreading it on? What were you spreading the butter on? It was like a whole wheat biscuit. A whole chili. wheat biscuit. Okay. A whole wheat biscuit with chili. Um, like, chill, like a bowl of chili, and I was having biscuits with it. Mm-hmm. You really need butter on that? Really need butter to dip that uh, in the chili? I wasn't dipping it in the chili. It was just like a thing to have on the side. Okay, all right. Now you're interrogating my eating habits. Yeah, I am. I'm putting you on. You're on trial right now. You know why? That's because you you need somebody to help you. You need somebody to help you. I need a life coach is what I need. Yeah, what do you think I'm doing right now? Well... Okay. I guess free life coaching. That's nice. Yeah. What do you think about Look, I, I, I'm here for you, Simon. Look, this is what I'm going to say. I say this with peace and love. Get off my phone. Thank you. Um, Pat, what lines we got? Two through give five. Me, give me five, please. Give me five, please, if you could. If you could. All right, all right. Let's see. Line K. Okay. Hello, best show. What's up, P Man? It's Mike out in Baybridge. Longtime sharp little disciple, finally summoning the courage to call. Hey, how's it going? <laughs> Good man. I, I. I hope you're doing okay tonight. I mean, I know these are these are wild and intense days that we're going through lately. Uh, you know, it's it's times like these that that show what it means to be not only a human but a but a citizen. And I do use that word intentionally, and I, I mean a global citizen. 
we need to come together as global citizens and find that connection, that inner feeling of connectedness, that universal sense of place that we... Okay, well, uh, hey, um, I just actually, Mike in uh, Baybridge, uh, I'm going to stop you right there. Uh, I This is Bruce Springsteen calling again. How are you, Bruce? Seriously, how much Prevagen are you taking? Your your memory is insane, and I can't believe you remember me. You're Bruce Springsteen. It's not hard. It's not hard. Yeah, but you get all kinds of stars calling you, like Jeff Oliphant and, and uh, uh, you know people like that. Kurt Kurt Brownoller. Get some names. Yeah, we get some names yeah. up in here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, it's impressive. And, uh, hey, I don't know if you know it, but uh, today was a pretty big day for me. Really? How how so, Bruce? Well, we unveiled the new exhibition place for my archives in Freehold today. Really? Yes, yeah, yeah. That's so cool. It's pretty cool. I wanted to call it the Bruce Springsteen Rock and Roll Library, L-I-B-E-R-R-Y, because that, that's what I thought the word was until I was about 20. Mm-hmm. But they said it sounded trashy. You misspell library. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I see, I see both sides of it on this one, actually, Bruce. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, like, it's kind of cool, and it's novel, right? I mean, there aren't any other libraries out there, as far as I know. Yeah, no, I think I, I get it. I think it would be a pretty good, uh, I think it, you would definitely be be uh, setting the trend of misspelling a word that has one spelling. Yeah. Because as a kid, you thought it was spelled differently. <laughs> yeah. So, all all my stuff's going to go in there. My my handwritten lyrics, my first guitar, uh, the Beverly Hillbillies uh, erotic fiction I wrote when I was a kid. Uh huh. Wait, hold on. Wait, hold, say say that again. Remember that show, the Beverly Hillbillies? Oh no, no, I'm f- totally familiar with the Beverly Hillbillies, Bruce. Okay. I didn't know that you penned Beverly Hillbillies erotic fiction. Well, I, I was young, you know, like I, I was like 13 and I, I don't want to talk too much about it, but hey, yeah. guess who most uh, of it centered around? Granny. No. Jethro. No. Jeb. No. Ellie May. No. Who? Mr. Drysdale. Mr. Drysdale, of course. How could yeah, I? Let's, how could I? I don't know. Let's just say he, he had certain unquenchable desires. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh, yeah. And how much of this did you write, Bruce? Not much. Just like seven volumes. What, how, how long is one volume? A thousand pages. So you've written seven thousand pages, give or take, 
of Beverly Hillbilly's erotic fiction back when you were a child. I had a very creative and, uh, uh, you know, (laughs) um, uh, erotic uh, sense of, uh, uh, you know, a flair, I guess you would call it. I had a flair for that sort of writing. And what what happened? Did you just lose the desire to do keep doing that, or? Oh no! Or have... My mom found my mom found all seven volumes, and and I thought she burned them, but I did find them years later. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's a relief, I guess. It is, yes, yeah. I think you should read all of it. I think you'll get a lot out of it. And if I go to this library or library, um, I can. Just sit with the volumes and read them? Yeah, but you gotta wear those gloves. Sure, the white gloves, the fancy white gloves. No, rubber gloves. Why? Oh, God, I don't know why. (laughs) Bruce, I don't know. (laughs) I know. Hey, well, let's get off this dirty stuff, okay? Let's get a little more, um, you know, uh, wholesome. Sure. Let's get a little wholesome then. You are talking to the latest Little League coach in my area. You're a Little League coach now. Yes, yes. Um, They're junior high kids, and and the team is called the Coltsnet Coltsnets. It's got two S's on the end of the second neck, so it's it's weird. I I give you that. Mm Mm-hmm. Because um, Colts Neck is a town in New Jersey for people who don't yeah. know. Yes, and and so our mascot is 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 a Colts Neck also. Okay. Yeah. The, the Colts Neck Colts Necks. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I I got off to a bad start with one of the dads the other day during orientation. Hmm. Well, this, this guy's name is Jim, and I misheard it as Chimp. You thought look, this guy named Jim, I, you thought his look, name was Chimp. Look, I, I've been standing in front of Tim Fender Baseman for 40 years, all right? It's going to take a toll on my hearing. Oh, I, look, I'm just, I'm laughing at the at how fun, I'm not laughing that you would have a... Uh, that you would have a hearing um, uh, uh, problem. I'm laughing at just the the misunderstanding that you would say the word chimp. It's a weird name to think someone is called. Yeah. Right, yeah. So so I I called the guy chimp several times, and and he's getting madder and madder, but I can't understand why. And and then I I finally realized that I did get his name wrong, and and I apologized profusely, but he he wouldn't let it go. And and he did that thing that happens sometimes where the person will will try to incite you, but they'll also be videoing it on their phone the entire time. Okay. So in in those situations, I just diffuse it by walking away. It's like it's just it isn't going to be worth it to me to get – to get into it, you know, it, it's just one of those things that that goes along with the kind of life I have, and it all turned out okay because I, I snuck into his front yard later that night and I burned the words "chimp sucks" into his lawn with acid. What? 
Oh, Bruce, that's a. Uh, I mean, that's a little. That's a little aggressive. Oh no! I spelled it F U X. Oh, uh, I, well, I don't think the spelling is the issue here. Oh, okay. All right. You know what? I'm um, I'm kind of nervous because I haven't had that much interaction with 12 or 13-year-olds since I directed that Rumson junior high production of Mr. Brooks. You directed, wait, hold on, now this is just way too much information for one sentence. Uh-huh. You, you're overwhelmed, because how old are the kids? Uh, like, uh, tw- between 12 and 14. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, um, yeah. You, so, so, okay, so you haven't dealt with kids of that age since you directed a a children's production of Mr. Brooks, the Kevin Costner movie. Yes. About serial killers. Yes, and, and uh, uh, spoiler alert, in case anyone's listening, it, it turns out like it's a genetic thing, and, and uh, one of his, his offspring also becomes a, a heinous uh, murderer as well. So, But the kids picked that, that play, and, and so you know, I, I had no choice in it. I didn't know it was a play. Oh yeah, yeah. No, it was. It's. It's. I think it's considered the prequel to Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross. I don't think it is. Okay, no, you're right. It's the sequel. Um. Okay. I'll. I'll. Yeah. Okay. Uh huh. All right. All right. Well, look, look. We can forget that. The big thing I'm concerned about is I don't. You know, I, I don't know what to say to the kids. Like, I'm unsure if something slaps or if it's just lit. Yeah, I I guess you'd have to, you got to figure that out for yourself. Just, I would say just be yourself, you know? No, but am I also right that there are some things that F? Yeah, there are. And there's things that slap and yeah, just be yourself. Don't try to act like you're a child, Bruce. All right, all right. Hey, speaking of slaps, mm-hmm. you know Al Stewart, right? Al Stewart, Year of the Cat? Yeah, little English guy. Did Year of the Cat, uh, Time Passages? Sure. Yeah. He, he kicked my ass once in a slap fight. It was back in 79. Al Stewart did. In 79, you got in a yes. slap fight with Al Stewart. Well, I, I was in an arranged slap fight with Al Stewart. Okay, well, it was an arranged. So, so you were a part of you. It was a, it was a, uh, a slap fight league. Yeah, yeah. Jackson Brown ran an underground slap fight league in the canyon back then. Okay, so you're. If I can follow this, you're, you're kind of between albums. You're. Hanging out in Los Angeles. Right. And you start hanging out in the canyon with Jackson Brown and other people, like others. And then is that when he initiates you into the Slap Fight League? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Everyone thought back then it was great. Tom Waits, uh, Henley and Fry, 
Joni, Walter Egan, uh, Zevon, Timmy Schmidt. You know Timothy B. Schmidt? Yeah. Ferocious slapper. The the guy who did uh, I Can't Tell You Why. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he does the, the, song the, like the, the maybe the wimpiest eagle song, which is kind of an accomplishment. Oh yeah, but ha- have you heard the song he sings uh, for the Fast Time soundtrack? What's it called? I think it's called "So in Love." I think I've heard it. Yeah, super high vo- high voice. It's very, you know, it, it's it's not rocking at all. But uh, this mm-hmm. guy, he would he would get air during these slap fights. Really? Oh, yeah. The hair flying, just a master of the slap. And we were all terrified of him, and we still are, especially Henley. Of Henley, getting a, a, being in a slap fight with Don Henley. Henley's terrified of him. It's like he, he, tell, he tells Irving, give Timmy anything he wants. I don't want him near me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because he was just that, he was that... He was that worried about? Oh yeah, yeah. Well, you know, uh, Don has has like, has that great hair. He doesn't want to get that that, and you know, he's going to get it pulled out of anything. Yeah, that that pompadour. Yeah, I'll tell you though, seventy nine, very weird year for me. Hmm. You know, I was okay. How so? Well, I was playing the field, something something fierce. I I I was lady crazy, you know, and. I can't even admit this, but I have this album all written and ready to go called Topless Thoughts. Okay, now this is... You wrote an album called Topless Thoughts. I did. And is, is, this is inter- it's very interesting that you have this... So what... what, what I mean, what was... What was the album Topless Thoughts all about? Well, first I want to say thank God John Landau convinced me not to release it. All right, so sure, I okay. Thought, I hadn't, hadn't thought about it in forever, but I found a cassette of the album the other day. Oh my God, these song titles! Like what? What are they? Do you, can no, you tell us any? No, I'm not, I'm not gonna. There's no way. Come on, Bruce. It's no. okay. No. Come on. All right. Um, all right. Um, need those things. Uh, get some tonight. But you literally have a song called Hamana, Hamana, Hamana. I did, yeah, yeah. Okay. There's a song called Get Some Tonight, a song called Auga. Okay. Um, there's also a song, a song called "My Jeans Just Got Tighter." Oh God! Uh, one called "Damn." Okay. Um, uh, and you know the big centerpiece of of the song of uh, the album was um. Well, what was that? Bruce, I, I, you're 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 mumbling. I can't hear it. What is it? Hardening of one specific artery. Oh, oh, Bruce. <laughs> now, can, <laughs> can I ask you a question, Bruce? Or say what you're going to say. I, I, I got a question. I really wish, no, I, I wish you wouldn't, but no, all right. What's your question? Are, of these songs, 
because you've always been prone to every once in a while you'll have a rocker and then you'll have like a more epic song but every every album seems to have something that i would i guess i would just say is a dirge basically like factory well you you are not incorrect with that that observation which were any of these songs off the unreleased album the unreleased erotic album topless thoughts were any of these that a dirge in in that like musically in that style not the songs i just mentioned but there was one song on it that was just that what was that song called it's called crimes of passion Crimes of Passion. Yeah, I, I, I'm not going to listen to it, but I do remember a specific lyric from it. What was the lyric? You got to tell us. Um, I'll sing it, all right? <clears throat> okay. A lot of these women got me doing things that I never thought I would do. Robbing banks and stealing tanks from a World War II air show. That's a true story. Hold on. So you were so in the spell of these women you were hanging out with that you were were eventually you eventually started doing whatever they doing their bidding. Which which clearly included robbing an air show, robbing a tank from an air show from a World well, War II air show. Yes, I, well, I, you know, I, I was totally in love with this woman named Sheila Larson Senior, and, and I would have done anything for her, and I did. Mm-hmm. So well, she I, would say to you, Bruce, I want you to rob the World War II air show that's happening this weekend. I'd love it if you stole a tank for me. Yeah. I mean, I, obviously, I didn't rob a tank, like it says in the work, but, but yeah, the World War II tank, is, is uh, that was real. And basically, Sheila said we'd never have hot relations again unless I stole the tank. Mm. Uh, and, you know, it, it was in this, in this air show that we were passing by, and I guess they had some, you know, some land vehicles there too. And, uh, you know, I, I was totally driven by little Bruce back then, if you know what I mean. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm fully aware of what you mean. Yeah. And, and the thought of not being able to rock the sheet with Sheila, it, it was just too much for me to bear. So I, I commandeered the tank and we drove it into the pine barrens where we had several hours of tank fun. Oh, Bruce. I know. Well, listen, th- thank God nobody ever found out about it. Can you imagine? I'm in the middle of making the river, and I'm arrested for stealing a decommissioned tank, and it's all over the pages of Cream Magazine. Yeah. Could you imagine Dave Marsh trying to f- write a chapter about that in one of his one of his worshipful books about you how he would try to spin try to find and make that nothing but a positive story you said it i didn't yeah. <laughs> Not that bruce, bruce bruce is 
Bruce's passion was unrivaled. And sometimes his passion could get the better of him. Like he would, he would make it so that it was just like, as if you, it was like an attribute that you did that. You know, I've been wanting to replace Marsh for like 30 years. Are you uh-huh. available? I, well, we I can like, talk about it. I, I like, you mean, okay. Maybe we could do it. Maybe, uh, maybe there could be some sort of box set, like uh, a topless thoughts box set. And then you could play Topless Thoughts in its entirety at at certain concerts. The no, way you started playing I, other albums in, in their entirety. Well, no, I think those songs would work better in a regular set. Like, you know, open with uh, Promised Land, then go into Need Those Things. Uh, you know, then, uh, I don't know, uh, Mary's Place. You know, and then in the middle of Mary's Place, I drop in a few verses of Auga. And then maybe, uh, uh you know, yeah. Oh, uh, we, we do factory, and then you know that's a somber tune, and we get out of that with a specific artery. Bring it, bring it home. Sure. Specific artery into BTR. Yeah, I like that. Sure, and then what, that's the end of the show. Oh yeah, yeah. That's a relatively, Bruce. That's a short show for anyone, especially you. You just said, oh no, you said basically oh. said it's six no. songs. No, Tom, I jam now. Didn't you hear? I didn't. Oh yeah, I fucking jam now. Oh, take it easy, okay, Bruce. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm just thinking That's about the right. and I, 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 I get right. off the chain. I get off the chain. I um, get you. I get you. Don't yeah, worry. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but like you know how it is. So I stole. I stole a tank. It wasn't being used for anything, but we mm-hmm. can't. We can't judge ourselves so harshly. You know, mm-hmm. we're human. We make mistakes. It's like, I'm not the greatest guitar player in the world, and clearly you're not the best podcast host out there, but, you know, we we keep trying and we we persevere. Well, I mean, I I think I'm pretty good. Okay. No, you're great. You're great. I, I was just, I was trying to bust your bees. I, that's something sure. that Steve and I always do. Yeah. No, I get it. I get it. It's fair enough. Um, hey, what else is going on, Bruce? Hey, speaking of potential jailbirds. Yeah. The, the other day I was asked if I had anything to say to Donald Trump after I found out he was using the rising at some speaking gig he did recently. Uh-huh. Well, I said, you know, I, I have more of a question for him than a statement. Okay. And, and that, that was, Mr. Trump, how does it feel knowing that your niece gets higher quality love purse than you do? Okay. But I, I, I couldn't say the word I wanted to say. So yeah, I, no, Bruce, you got, you, you're, Bruce, you're treading into some, some shaky <laughs> waters here. I'm going to be honest. I had a Michelob Ultra before I called. You had a Michelob Ultra before you. Okay, yeah, well that explains yeah. everything. It was half a one. You had half. Now that Bruce, uh, half a Michelob Ultra. That's a lot. I know. Um, hey, um, I'm surprised you could even put together a coherent sentence. It's hard, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, hey. You know, I know you used to have some tenuous connection to the entertainment business. Oh, uh, okay. Sure. 
Well, I think I have a pretty good movie idea. You think you have a pretty good movie idea? I do, yeah, yeah. Okay. All right, well, this is what I like to call a maxi log line, okay? Okay, okay. All right, so here we go. A Secret Service agent walks in to the Oval Office on the very married president of the United States as he's, he's making rough sex with a, a woman. It can be a man, too. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Okay. And things have gotten out of hand. And the person the president's with has lost consciousness. And the president's in a panic, okay? Okay. So the agent tries unsuccessfully to resuscitate the victim while the president is hysterically crying in the corner just saying how his, his, his life is over now. And as the agent starts to call for assistance, the president stops him, okay? Okay. And the president orders the Secret Service agent to dispose of the body, and the agent refuses. But the president says, if you don't do this, you and your family are going to get iced. Maybe it's just the family gets iced. Maybe that's what it is. Okay? Okay. Okay. And so the agent ends up disposing the body, but when he gets back to his car and he looks at his phone, he realizes somehow, I don't know if his, his gun rubbed up against the phone or something, maybe he had some, he had some um, uh, certs in his pocket or something. Anyway, he realizes he accidentally recorded the whole thing on his phone. Everything. He's got it all there. President having this meltdown. Yes, yes, and he realizes he's got the crime and the cover-up on his phone. And so when he gets back to the Oval Office, the agent informs the president that, yes, the task has been completed, but I got news for you. There's a new president in town, and his name is whatever this agent's going to be uh, called. Like, maybe something like a cool Elvis movie name, like Steve Baker or Mike Foster, something like that. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, so now the president is the secret service agent's puppet and he does whatever the agent says. And that includes bringing back KFC's potato wedges and starting world war three. Hmm. Well, uh, you know, Bruce, I, 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 I'm a little speechless on this. This is, this is, that's a seriously good idea. Oh, thanks, man. And, you know, I mean, that's, that's, that's legit. And thank you. Oh. I, I, I gotta just say, it's honestly, I look, I, I write for a living and I, it's honestly, it's better than anything I've ever come up with. I know. Okay. You got me again. Oh, oh no. What? Oh, no. What is it? Oh no. Well, what I guess it, what Bruce? they say about I guess what they say about the best show being the favorite podcast of America's cold case detectives is true. Why is that? Tom, I lied. The thing in the song about robbing a bank was true. Okay. 
Yeah. So what um, what does that mean? Well, it was the Allied Savings and Loan in Riverbridge, and Sheila made me go in there with a brown paper bag over my hand, just like in those movies. But mm-hmm. wouldn't you know it, it, it works. To go into a bank with a brown paper bag on your hand. Everyone thought I had a gun. But you know uh-huh. what I did have? And when did this happen? 79. And now, and now it's... But w- so now you're getting... They caught you? Well, let me get back to the, the heist. Um, you know what I was holding in, in my hand under the bag? What? A Baby Ruth candy bar. Okay. Yeah, there's a long history of Baby Ruth being passed off as deadly weapons. It ha- it happens. It happens. Yeah. I've heard I've heard tale of it. I bet. Yeah. 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 So a- anyway, I-, I made off with ten ten large, but the the die bomb the teller put in the bag <laughs> dropped my wallet, but blew up when I opened it in my basement. Okay. Yeah, I didn't leave my house for a month because I couldn't get the dye off my skin or out of my hair. Uh huh. Yeah, that, that's why I have a blue tint in the No Nukes movie. Uh, oh, that explains that, then. Yeah, everybody thought I asked for a blue spotlight, but I was yeah. blue. You were blue, yeah. Yes. Oh, Bruce, it gets more and more interesting and bizarre with you each and every time we talk. It does, it does. Anywho, I know you got to get rolling, but... Those mustachioed, stale, donut-eating cubicle slaves must have been listening to the best show and ran my voice print through their vocal spectrometer, much like you run your voice through a modulator. Uh Uh-huh. I don't, but okay. All right. Well, Tom, it it looks like I'm going to the hunt for what seems like the second time in three weeks. Is that possible? (laughs) It might be. I think it might be, yeah. Tom, no offense, but I'm starting to think you might be bad mojo for the boss. Bruce, I don't know what to tell you. I think you might I, be making your own messes here, but that's that's your that's your call. I think you're right. You, in, in honesty, you're my bestie for life, and we both know that. Um, but well, hey, I I need you to call Patty and tell her what's going on. But please gauge her mood first, okay? Okay. All right, yeah, because she she has a subscription to Rolling Pin Aficionado magazine and also the Rolling Pin of the Month Club. A Rolling Pin? What is it, 1955? We're, we're a very old-fashioned family, and actually she, she ups the subscription to twice a week because she's constantly breaking them on my head. For these, so you just get bonked by these Rolling Pins pretty regularly. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's sick. All right, anyway, they're they're giving me the old uh, hey, get out here, we got a cuff you, okay? So uh-huh. um, you have a you have a great night and who knows when you'll hear from me again. I don't know. It's probably never. Probably never. Well, it was nice while it lasted, Bruce. I all appreciate right, it and you know, may we'll oh I'll see you when I see you. May all your thoughts be topless. Oh, thank you. Same to you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye bye bye, yeah. Wow. Weird and weird and weird and weird and weirder. Bruce Springsteen. Is that the eighth time he's called this year? Um, 
So, Pat. Hey, Tom. We, we got our, our, our guests. I'm being told our guests are uh, on the Zoom. Yeah, we can let them in right they now. They are. Let's do it. Let's do it. Oh, oh, oh Dudio. Sorry. You're, you're, you're running the Zoom? I can do it. Pat, I'll handle it. I'll do it right now. not sound very i got it pat all sounds like a power play no do i need to do anything on my own just talk i just need to talk you just need to talk they should be here well this is exciting because i just want to say in the business of podcasting everybody knows it's it's the guests are currency not unlike billy idol put an album out called cyberpunk and on that album he told the world that information was currency and that blew my mind way back then. And I want to say my mind got blown twice when I realized that in my own game of the cyberpunk world I lived actually lived in, that guests are currency. Well, let's just say I'm about to eat well because I threw out my fishing line I railed in two great big marlins, <laughs> and I got on the line. I got two whoppers on a fish. the 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 coast guard's probably going to shut me down for 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 uh, for whatever they do when they get mad that you take too many fish out of the out of the lake. Like right whales, endangered species that you're fishing right now. Only 200 left in the world. They got to stock the lake again. Yeah. Because I got two. I can't, Yeah, and I do fish with two fishing poles. I have two. I do two. Mm-hmm. two I, I don't have time to. No, you're double fisting it, of course. I'm double course fisting it. Um, My boy likes to eat fish. He's got to eat the fish. He can't uh, just do one pole. Two poles. Now, look at this. You look at the, the voice we hear, you might be saying, who the bleep is that? That's right. Well, you know what? No one knows. No, you, you need it. You need to clear your ears out and realize it's a legend. Uh, <laughs> it's John Hodgman. This is the, this is John, the John Hodgman, the legend. John, this is John Hodgman. That was David Reese laughing at John Hodgman. And if it, if it's not, look, I could have just, what does it take to win? It's like the old Milton Berle joke. I'll, I'll take, I'll pull just enough, enough guest to win the contest. John Hodgman and David Reese, that's a slam dunk. We got both on the same show. It's unbelievable. David Reese alone, half of David Reese would have won the contest. But we got all of David Reese, all of John Hodgman on the same show. Welcome both Sorry, of you. Sorry, hold on. My mom's coming in. Yes? Oh. That's right. David Reese is at his mom and dad's house in North Carolina. He's being served uh, some hot cocoa now. Sorry, my mom had to return a, re- a remote control for the television. Hi, Tom. Hi, hi, best oh show my, listeners. Oh it's me, goodness. David. It's Super great to excited. be here. Thanks for having us. Now, we David Reese is an esteemed uh, uh, author and uh, uh, creator and kind of like one of these visionary types where you're just like what's next and you just don't know what's next 
That's truer words have never been spoken. That's why I look. This is a this is the home of truth. That's what we call the best show now. Home of, the truth. home of truth. I love it. I love it. Scares me, but I love it. Pat, write that down. Best show in quotes. The home, the of, home truth. of truth. Got it. I love it. Hi, Pat. It's David. Hey, David. Good to see you again. And John, how are you? Oh yeah, I was going to say hi too, Pat. Sorry, David got uh-huh. there first. Hi, hi, Dudio. Yeah. You want to say hi? To, you want to say hi to Mike both. and Dudio also? Yeah, yeah, well, everybody, can, hey guys. Was this the Waltons? Are we going to bed on the Waltons now? I don't want to get in trouble with ASCAP, but I know the Waltons theme by heart. Oh, you host an ASCAP this week? <laughs> no, ASCAP. <laughs> <laughs> they never asked me to do wow. ASCAP. Never once. Can you believe I'm it? Glad, I'm glad we're getting into grievance uh, right off the bat. Right off the bat. I got to get it. Right oh, please, bat. don't worry. There's, I Can I ask a question about that? Seriously, though, I've always wondered. Is that the name of a show or the name of an actual technique? Well, the technique the is called the Herald. And w- a- so what is ASCAT? A Herald? That's the show. name of the show. show. A show, show. With, in which a Herald is performed. Two Heralds but, are performed. But ASCAT is the name of just a particular show that particular people host at a certain venue. It's not like... Any Herald show is called ASCAT, right? Exactly. It would be okay. just like, it would be, I would say the best way to equate it would be that um, like an animated series is an, it's just, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's, that's the, that's the medium, but the specific <gasps> one would be like Dicktown, mm, for example. Oh, bring it around. That's See. perfect because dick and ass are synonyms and those are both two syllable words. So it's perfect they, analogy. They are yeah. synonyms. They mean the same thing. Totally. Yeah. They, Dirty same. stuff. Well, close. Dirty stuff. Mm-hmm. And let's just get right to it. John Hodgman, you I introduced David Reese. He's one of these, these hyphenates, these visionaries. They, they, uh, you don't know where he's going. You know where he's. You coming. don't know where exactly. You don't know. Yeah. It's, it's an X Constant factor. Mystery. All yeah. the greats, every great, team needs an x factor right that you don't know what you're going to get next That's and then every right. team also needs talking about like uh needs like a, a hodgman like, type yeah like mm. hold, holding it down reliable like, david reese is like a like a gambit or a wolverine yeah i'm, I'm like a boring cyclops no no That's yeah true. i'm holding it down no I'm the grown-up of the team. All I do is uh, shoot. You're, Scott, you're Scotty Pippen, eyes. and I'm Dennis Rodman. I don't even know what you're talking about. The Bulls. <laughs> but that, sure, that, that doesn't track at all. Uh, it, it's, right. But then I would say the, the, the animated show you do is the Michael Jordan. The two of you team up to manifest a Michael Ooh. Jordan, which is your show, Dick Town, which I'm going to just say this right off the bat. John Hodgman, you're an amazing author. You're an amazing performer. I watched you go from this. This guy would go up on stage. You think you think in the early days, this guy would go on stage. You'd think it was Carrie, but with a bucket full of sweat was uh, up on the top. <laughs> yeah. All right. And suddenly you turn. I'm, 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 I'm into this. Let's stay. Let's honest. stay right here in this zone. Right then here. Then you jump forward, and suddenly this guy's a road dog. Yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> where'd this come from? This grizzled road veteran out there doing singing songs, doing soft shoe, telling jokes, telling <laughs> Just stories. Just like all the road dogs of comedy out there, singing songs and doing soft shoe. Yeah. Everyone knows. Know, all of them. Oh, yeah. Bill so, Burr? Forget about it. Bill Burr, Bobby Kelly. Uh, like, oh, Stan boy. Oh, boy. Hope. 
Hodgman. They all, all of them. As soon as I played the ukulele and sang some uh, folk songs, they were all yeah. like, "We got to get in on this." And this then they kicked, they kicked is. you out. They kicked you out of Legion of Skanks. Is that God. right? You were one of the founding yeah, members of Legion was, of Skanks. That was rough. I got to say, Tom, that was very rough. I was, uh, I was a founding skank. Look, I'm not messing uh, with these Legion of Skanks. I'm, no, I'm I don't not, want them like, coming after me. They'll come. Well, they come said, after you guys. You said it. You said it very. You know, uh, I've always said the best show is the hum of truth. And you said Thank it you. very. You always. You said it very uh, truthfully. Yeah. Uh, the guests are the currency of any podcast uh-huh. and uh they're uh, both david and i were the cryptocurrency of any podcast we go up and down yeah. up and oh. down yeah you don't know yeah. we're the dogecoin like sometimes we're worth a cent sometimes mm-hmm. we're worth the world and then yeah. we're worth a cent again and now, i love that roller coaster yeah. yeah no it is and you just got to know when and i'm gonna say if your eyeballs are Look, just watch their show. I don't have a <laughs> metaphor for this no, one. Beautifully okay. put. I love so, it. I would change Tom, a thing. I'm, I'm going to demand that you finish that sentence. I'm going to say. Are, I'm going to say this is how it goes. You got to buy. You got to. You got to. You got to sell high on this one. And I think there's probably a lot of people who are selling high, if you know what I mean, when they watch Dicktown. Sure. They're getting out <laughs> a little bit of that old pot. Right. Yeah. A little bit old, oh, sticky icky. They get oh, a little of that sticky oh icky, goodness. right? Hey, I'm be like, look, hey man, there's a new Dick Town <clears throat> on tonight, man. We are, our show, Dick Town, is rated TV uh, hyphen MA. Oh, it's filthy. The show is. This <laughs> show has every swear word you can think of. I've heard on this show. And it's coming out of the mouths of people who you don't usually associate. I don't usually like say those words. No, but you see, but I'll say this. Okay. It's perfect. It's so perfect. It's so fun. This show's so funny. I love it. And season two is already off to a, a start. Yeah, you're making season one look like a pile of trash. And season one was great. <laughs> Thank you, Tom. That's, that's, very that's really nice to hear. Thank you very much. Sincerely. I'm going to so, say it's a combination slam and bang for a slam bang start to season two of Dicktown. Yeah. No, you guys start off. This was, you guys start off hot with this thing. Because just give us a little bit of background. You're both New York personalities. You're friends. You're sharing the scene. Where does this come about to say, like, Hodgman plus Reese equals magic? When do you say, let's do something together? Well, Tom, I'm going to take you in the way back machine all the way back to the year 2000. My friend Jay Evans. Oh, you're going all the way back. Yep. Or it should be say that again. Set the year again, and then I'll I'll take it all the way back to the year 2000. Dun 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 There must be some kind of way out of here. I saw a red door and I wanted it painted black. So two thousand, the year is two thousand. It was an more innocent time. I I was in I was in a very bad place. My old friend from high school, Jay Evans, came to comfort me, and uh, in his effort to comfort me, he, he proffered to me uh, a homemade comic book, uh, xeroxed and stapled by hand, by a person named David. Uh, Rees, I thought it was pronounced at the time. Now I know. Sure. Everyone knows. Everyone does that. Yep. 
called uh, My New Fighting Technique is Unstoppable. This yeah. was uh, a comic book made up of clip art that David had culled. He was living in Boston at the time. Mm-hmm. He had culled from various uh, online free clip art sources mm-hmm. of karate guys saying swear words to each other. And at a very low, low point in my life, this was the funniest thing that I had ever encountered. Mm-hmm. And, w- and within that year, I had reached out to David and I said, I would like to know you. And we became friends very quickly. But I knew uh, who you were too, don't forget, because um, because of McSweeney's.net, that website. You were writing for that. That was a hot website. Yeah. I so when you reached out to me, I was like, oh, are you the guy who writes for McSweeney's? And then you were doing a live event in Brookline. And I went to the event and said hello to you afterwards. It was like, I was really socially awkward. Everyone had gone out for drinks. And I was like sitting beside Zadie Smith or something. Didn't know what to say to anybody. And then so I left. And then later that night, I was eating nachos with my ex on uh, Mass Ave. And you walked into the restaurant, was eating nachos. And I was like, oh, it's popping off now. Yeah. And there was like, we both like nachos and we both like each other. Like Step Brothers. It's like the movie Step Brothers. It was like the movie Step Brothers. Exactly. And I've been a big David Reese fan. For a long time, through his uh, period of time writing uh, My New Fighting Technique is Unstoppable, which is that, that comic that I talked about, on through his comic that he wrote for uh, Rolling Stone called Get Your War On, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, then his period of time as an artisanal pencil sharpener. Yeah, he, for a while he was known as Pencil Man. Pencil Man, that's a cool name. I like that. Pencil uh, Man. That sounds tough. That it was like a pencil. You should have been, you should have, like, if this, if this show started in a different era in both of your lives, it probably would have been called PC and the Pencil Man. Yeah, <laughs> that's good. That We could take that on the road and be road dogs with that. PC and the Pencil Man. If we'd started the show in 2009. Yeah, PC and the Pencil very, Man. We would have gone very far on that. Yes, that's true. And you know what we could have said? We won't be erased. You know, because of cancel culture, how they're always trying to shut down comedians. Yeah, no one would sure. have even known in uh, 2009 what cancel culture even was. Oh, that's true. They're like, what, what are you even talking about? Of course, yeah. you won't be erased. No. Uh, it's 2009. <laughs> you're, two, uh, you're two white guys. One of you wrote for McSweeney's. The other one is an artisanal pencil sharpener. You guys will live forever. Mm-hmm. You're the most relevant yeah. cultural figures in, mm-hmm. uh, in the world right now. And by being an artisanal pencil sharpener, that by, by default did make you a McSweeney's writer also. You actually... Kind of like after the fact. There was some Honorary. overlap in the sensibilities there, I'm loath to admit. Yeah. But yeah. yeah. I have to say when David... I love Twee Stuff. I think Twee Stuff is the best. Oh, no. Look, that look. I love it. I loved your book. It's uh, the pencil book. I loved all of it. I'm on board with all of this stuff. Everything. I appreciate that, Tom. I think the last Vacation time I came land, on your radio... Credit yeah. card man, whatever his thing was, where he's like the terminal, whatever the thing you did, John, where you're trapped at the airport and couldn't get from different countries or something. The terminal. Well, that was me. Wasn't that your last book? Oh, medallion status. <laughs> Wait, it wasn't saying, you trapped saying... in a. <laughs> your wow. last book wasn't you trapped in an airport where you couldn't get out of the out of the the, the, the president's club. Is this Richard Jenkins style or Tom Hanks style? I don't even remember which movie this is now that we're referring to the term the terminal terminal is tom hanks the visitor is richard jenkins yeah yeah yeah. visitor's pretty good movie i tell you that'd be a good movie visitor versus terminal (laughs) (laughs) yep there we go that's visitor jenkins is it it versus terminal or v terminal um 
I, I look, I'll go. Uh, VVT. I'll, yeah. Visitor versus VVT. terminal. VVT. VVT. Ballistic. Call it ballistic, Colin. X. Terminal versus. <laughs> terminal. I know. I know the reference you're making. My goodness. X versus sever. Yeah. Yeah. Deep cuts. Some deep, deep cuts. cuts some deep, deep cuts. cuts. It's so funny. Isn't it funny that that's a deep cut yet? At one point, that was someone's dream to get that movie. Like, it was like countless people were just like, we're so close to a green light on this thing. And it's just going to like, and then it just, you look and it's just stuff. Everybody's just making stuff. Wait, yeah. what are you talking about? What there was a movie this? called Ballistic X versus Sever. E C, and it's not the letter X. It's E C K S. Yeah. Oh, really? Is it an American movie? It was Lucy Liu and Antonio Banderas. Antonio Banderas. That's right. It was an it was action, action movie. Film. Yeah. Yeah. Of the 1990s, deep oh. cuts, deep cuts. Yeah. Just like, just like you and me, David Reese. Deep cuts. Only, only the true fans remember. Let me think of some really deep cuts real quick. What's the deepest cut you can think of, David Reese? That involves both of us? I don't know. You decide. Uh, you know, you want to know something interesting? This is kind of a deep technology cut. This is a memory I had the other day, John, when I was thinking about our um, relationship and our working partnership. Yeah. One time we were in Los Angeles on some kind of tour, and this is one of those moments when you experience a new technology for the first time, or you really understand now that the world is changing. Yeah. We were at somebody's house that we were crashing at, and we were talking about that uh, rap group Das FX. Yeah, and uh, and and then we, we were about to leave some live effects. When we were about to go do a show somewhere, and in um, between us talking about that group, two of us were and, like bum stickity bum stickity bum. We're going to go exactly do right. in between talking about that group and getting into the van to go to the venue. You had, unbeknownst to me downloaded a DOS FX song onto your laptop and burned it onto a CD so that we could listen to it in the van or in the, in the, in the car That's, on the way to the venue. That's a deep. Cut. And I, I was like, how did you do that? We were just talking about this, this group. Did you, did you like, I know you didn't buy the CD. You were like, no, I found it online and I downloaded it and I burned it onto the CD. I that was the first time I'd ever, that was the first I time I'd ever snuck, heard snuck of doing that. Tower records bought the CD yeah, no, I exactly. mean, yeah, the idea that things, everything is available. It was available in a moment. It was, and you didn't pay any money. I don't think maybe you bought it on iTunes or maybe you downloaded it through, um, not PayPal. What was it called? Napster. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. The point is we go back. Yeah. We're very, we're, the point is Tom, we're very, very old. Yeah. Well, no, you're not very, you're older. You're older. Yeah. Everybody's getting older. Nobody's getting older at different rates. Right. Everybody's yeah. like, Oh, you're getting older. It's like, yeah, so are you. Everybody's yeah. old now. Yeah, but I mean, there are people who are younger. Yeah, and they're still getting older at the same rate you're getting older. That, that's true, but I'm ahead of them. I'll yes. tell you what. It's day by like day, the, Godspell. It's, it's like the, uh, the the hardcore band from Boston, Gangrene's uh, most here, famous here album. Here we go. And getting into Boston hardcore? Here oh, we go. Yeah. This is the conversation I've always wanted to have and we've never had. Yeah. Lay it old, on me, Johnny. Let's you, go. You remember Hodgman this album by Gangrene? Older Budweiser? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I still love it. It's still the dumbest joke. Older Budweiser. I love it. It's a very good joke. Very good joke. Hodgman going deep with the Tang Records deep uh, cuts. catalog. Deep. Next cuts. thing he's going to start talking about Slapshot. Going all. Anybody remember? Back. Anybody remember Coleman? That Boston it was like screamo hardcore band. Coleman used to play no. in the basement of the Alston Food Co-op. Anybody? No. Coleman going no. once, going twice. No. All right, I'll say yes, Coleman. Thank you, sold. You I go. want Coleman, everybody. You got, yeah. you got it, want yeah. Coleman. 
The now, bags. That's the other one I got. The bags. You remember the bags? The bags were good. Yeah, I do. Yeah. Was, Not the was, LA bags. You're talking no, the Boston, Boston. Boston bags. Boston bags. The Boston bags. bags. Yeah. Okay. Gittleman was the bassist of Gangrene and Mighty Mighty Boston, mm-hmm. which uh, they have broken up, I've heard, uh, due to differences about uh, vaccines. Yeah, what's his name? Got Yeah, he got booted. He was a little man. We'll leave it alone. We'll leave it alone. Let's move okay. on. Let's move Time on. moves forward. Time does move forward at the same rate for everybody. And I want to so, so you two are friends, your pals. What what where does this show Dicktown start? Oh, right. Yeah. We had come up with a live action comedy idea that we had pitched years and years ago and when and one of the people that we pitched it to were people at fx the famous television network and they got back they got back to Mm -hmm. us and said we had no complain that you stole their music yeah that's right we owed we owed fx a tv show because years ago i downloaded a dos fx (laughs) right song Uh on napster okay. and apparently legally that meant that we had to make a tv show for <laughs> fx that's how it used so to had work an idea People for a live remember. action show you had an idea for a live action show. live action show and they had no interest in it but they said we're starting a new an- animated anthology thing of shorts called cake do you have an idea for that and we were we said yeah we'll, we'll come up with an idea for that and we came up with this idea of two guys hanging out living near the water palling around and solving mysteries for young people and we called it Dicktown because um, it was a snappy name and because um, it's the, the show is set in a fictional town called Richardsville, North Carolina, which is loosely based on Chapel Hill, North Carolina, which is where yeah. I grew up and is actually where I am at this very moment visiting mm-hmm. friends and family. Seems like somebody might be making a late night run to. Oh, here we go. Time Out Chicken. Time Out Chicken. <laughs> Tom, have you been to Time Out Chicken? I have. Really? Yeah. Oh, all right. Let's all look right. at that one picture of Michael Jordan on the wall, the one time he went in there when he was 18. Oh, come on now. Timeout Chicken is totally authentic when it comes to basketball pictures. Oh, no, but I'm saying, but he went in there when yeah, he was I know. a student. Yeah, yeah. And they, but they, they certainly are getting, they're certainly riding that, uh, that moment for all it's worth. Yeah. They gave this, they gave this kid $4 worth of free chicken and they're, they're, they're 50 years into to yeah but i mean wouldn't you if michael jordan was a guest on the best show 20 years ago wouldn't you still have a photo up he'd still be on the show i hold on oh. to my guests <laughs> okay well that's, in every- a- that's absolutely true that's yeah. absolutely true thank you very um much thank you thank you for it no but so it's based on loosely based on chapel hill in a way I, yeah I, and I, um, is there an ip3 yeah. is there an ip3 in the um you know, I was just time. I was I was just having dinner with two friends who who both of you know and who I won't name in case they value their privacy, but IP3 came up in conversation. It always does with me. There's yeah. um there's a there's a diner that they hang out that's loosely based on on um Sutton's drugstore on okay. on Franklin Street. Mm-hmm. Um anyway, so we came up with this idea for the show no and dips, it was based no on No Dips Kitchen, No Dips. Dips Country dip. Kitchen has not yeah. been represented yet. Allen and Sons, I'll, of course, cannot be represented because it closed. No, no I, I think, you want to do nothing look, nonstop Chapel Hill no, references? Jimmy Johns, Jimmy yeah, Johns. No, 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 Jimmy one Johns. Happy, no one would be happier than David Reese and by extension me if this was just dropping, mm-hmm. dropping names of Chapel Hill. Uh, local 506. Uh-huh. we got to give a yeah. shout out to Local 506. I was at the first ever, first ever Squirrel Nut Zipper show. How cool is that, young people? How cool is that? 
Oh my God. I, the first ever live performance of the Squirrel Nut Zippers, Local 506. I don't want to alarm you, David, but I can, you, you and I are on video currently and no one else is apparently, but mm. I can see you there in Chapel Hill and like I see the walls shaking as young people try to break into your parents' house. <laughs> they just want to touch the hem of my feet. garment. Yeah, exactly. They just want to touch the hem of my oh, garment. The first, the first yes. Squirrel Nut Zipper. Oh my yeah. goodness! Yeah, they they want to get well in. because Jimbo had been in Metal Flake Mother, which was one of my favorite favorite '90s Chapel Hill bands. Sure, of course, no. And uh, I heard that he had a new musical project, and I went and was like, "Well, this is old timey jazz. I mean, it's fun, but it's not Metal mm. Flake Mother." But you know, Squirrel Nut Zippers had had a lot of success, and they started in uh, Chapel Hill. So anyway, that's a memory I have mm. from my life. Um, so we decided to make this show about two detectives hanging out, being friends, and. Um, solving mysteries for young people. And the first season was on this thing called cake, which I mentioned mm-hmm. was short form anthology. It was kind of confusing to explain to people how to watch it. And now for the second season, which is airing on Thursday nights on FXX mm-hmm. and available Fridays on Hulu. Now it's just its own show. Now you can just find it on your television, FXX Thursday night, 10 PM Dicktown, and you'll see mysteries. Yeah. The original, New mysteries. I- the original idea, David was pitching to me back when he was, he's now in LA. Well, not right now. He's in Chapel Hill, but he's based. Mm-hmm. He's a, a multi-coastal. But when sure. David and I would meet at Little Purity Diner in Brooklyn, David was always like, "I really want to do something that's similar to like Simon and Simon or Riptide." Mm-hmm. Like They're the coolest co- shows ever. <laughs> two, yeah. Like those '80s mystery shows, where it's like two guys who don't exactly get along, but for some reason they live on a houseboat together. And maybe there's a robot and maybe they solve crimes mm-hmm. and it's this whole fantasy. And, and then uh, we realized that if we were going to be these guys, they, we weren't going to be cool in any way. And I had been reading uh, Encyclopedia Brown Mysteries to, uh, to my son. And uh, for those of you who don't know, Encyclopedia Brown is one of the benchmark teen detectives like the Hardy Boys or the three investigators or, or you know, Ramona or whatever. Uh, no, not Ramona, but you know who I mean. Anyway. Nancy Drew, perhaps. Nancy Drew, for example. Mm-hmm. And uh, in these Encyclopedia Brown Mysteries, I was really, I'd been into them as a kid, and I was reading to my son, and Encyclopedia Brown is this in- incredibly smart teenager mm-hmm. who knows all these facts and uses those facts to prove that the bad guy, who was very often another teenager named Bugs Meany, stole the hockey cards or stole the 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 school trophy or whatever it was and the encyclopedia brown would sort of lay out the evidence as to why bugs meany had to have done it and every every little story ended with bugs meany going like oh shucks you got me encyclopedia brown uh your logic has proved that i have done it i have now confessed Mm -hmm. and i realized Mm -hmm. reading this to my son this was highly unrealistic uh, Bugs Meany was strong. Encyclopedia Brown was weak. If Encyclopedia Brown sort of wandered up to this th- creep and this punk and said, uh, the, the, the heat of the engine on the uh, Studebaker proves that you stole the canary, yeah. uh, Bugs Meany would just shove him into the ground. Yeah, there might and, be a whole lot of uh, 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 why you're hitting yourself. Yeah, exactly. So, my, yeah. My, exactly. Might come next. Now, has that happened to either of you? Have either of you been on either end of the why are you hitting yourself experience? Yes. Well, which and end? I'm, I'm, I just am curious. You tell me which end you've been on. 
I have a feeling, David, you might have said once or twice in your life, why are you hitting yourself? I'll just say I have a younger brother who's five years younger than me. Yeah, that explains all there of we, that. Yeah. 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 And been, John, been, you lived in a haunted house. In, and he was diagnosed with an extreme case of self-hitting-itis. <laughs> when maybe you were there with the... You lived in the house the, that the ghost of Mrs. Muir uh, was based upon. <laughs> and so maybe a ghost who would do it to you. Hey, why are you hitting? Why are you hitting yourself? Why are you hitting yourself? Ooh. Like my, so my character in Dicktown is uh, is a former boy detective, like Encyclopedia Brown, mm-hmm. named John Hunchman. Yeah, who is now like in this in the world of the show, he's sort of you know pushing forty, late thirties, mm-hmm. early forties, mm-hmm. but he's never he's never really gotten anywhere, and he's still stuck in town living on his dumb houseboat solving crimes for teenagers mm-hmm. and i was definitely john hunchman growing up just a, a weird only child so you were like there but for the grace of god go i when you play john hunchman when you get into the booth yeah you you tap and you feel that this is a road you could have gone down oh very easily because when mm-hmm. i i mean when i when i was a youth i uh I was a, a only child, a member of the super smart, afraid of conflict narcissist club. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, all I did was sit around in my, you know, age 13, 14, 15 and be mm-hmm. quietly pretentious, sitting mm-hmm. by a fern in my room, reading <laughs> Tom Stoppard plays, sure. and just fan, just fantasizing about becoming uh, a, 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 a sexless middle aged man mm-hmm. because my terror was uh, to confront my sexuality Sure. You, you saw yourself as how will I become the third John and there might be giants. Absolutely. <laughs> what a dream. Like to you, what? if they were yeah. just like, John, we need another John. Come on, kid. Uh, well, you know, Tom, it happened. Like before I went on The Daily Show, John and John recruited me to be a deranged millionaire in a series of their videos mm-hmm. which led to the, the le- to a, a breakout character led to a, a a breakout and then eventually breakdown character yeah i mean yes <laughs> a breakdown character <laughs> just ground here 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 tom i enjoy i enjoy making you laugh that well it happened i'm not a good laugher but when it happens when it happens, it's it's a, it's 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 even better for me because oh this show has beaten the the gift of laughter out of my existence. Because <laughs> hey, it I... sounds bad over the radio, and I stopped doing it, and I now have found I find myself truly unable to laugh. I am literally now the person that goes, "That's very funny." Oh no, I'm sorry. To oh, hear. I knew someone like that once. Oh, are you that you do that now? You look I at everything become... from a that kind of analytical remove. Oh no, I'm I'm truly enjoying it inside. I'm I'm laughing. It just does not manifest itself as physical laughter as easily as I would like it to. Okay, I see. The threshold is the threshold for actually laughing has gotten a lot higher even though your enjoyment threshold is basically the same. I need to watch someone fall downstairs or things like that now. Right, yeah. It's troubling. Yeah. 
I laughed when I saw Jackass Forever. I laughed a bunch seeing that in a theater. I enjoyed. Well, how can you? How can you not laugh? Yeah, <laughs> those jackasses. They are ones. They're... Ones more of a jackass than the next. It's like one after the other. Did you see Jackass, jackass Forever? One, jackass Two, Jackass Three, Jackass Forever. It's Jackass Three D and Jackass. 3D. I like to apologize. I'm sorry. Did you, you see? Caught, um, you caught me in a lie. No, I have you seen? It. Have you seen uh, David? I'm have not, you seen any of the movies? I decided not to see it because my experience of seeing Jackass Three and Three D was euphoric. Mm-hmm. Um, I w- I saw it at the Fishkill Regal Cinemas in Fishkill, New York, and my mm-hmm. friends and I. Um, smoked marijuana before we saw it, and it was in 3D, and it was just. So are you saying that as are you turning yourself in? Is this what this? Yeah, is? Yeah. is this? Yeah. Is this? Are you going to head right down to the police station and say? Right. Uh, as soon as as soon as the show is over, yeah. I'm I gave you line. all the clues. I'm making I, a self citizen's arrest for yeah. seeing Jackass three in 3D after yeah. smoking marijuana. 12 years ago in Fishkill, New York, a different jurisdiction, mm-hmm. but I'm willing yeah. to extradite myself back to the Hudson Valley. David is a low stakes Riddler of Chapel Hill, <laughs> yeah. North Carolina. Uh-huh. Yeah. I was going to, I thought you were like the snowman where you're just like, I gave you all the clues. Why didn't you catch me? <laughs> um, the, have you guys uh, seen the Batman movie? Can we, can I ask a question about a movie? I, real didn't, quick? I didn't see this okay. Batman movie. I have yet. seen, I have seen it because I have a 16 year old son. And we went to go see it. And is it good? It together. We had a good time. Yeah. I like it. There's... You know what that means? It's not very good. No. No, Tom. I had a good time means means I cannot endorse this because I do that all the time. I'm just like, look, right. you go oh, make of right. you yeah. make of it what you will. Right. Yeah. I enjoyed it. Right. Because I also don't want to be responsible for anybody's bad time. They're just like, I didn't like it. It's like I didn't make it. Right. I said I enjoyed watching it. But we're, like, we can still use that quote from you for Dicktown, right, Tom Sharpling? I on the poster? Time. Yeah. I had a good I time. I had a good time watching Dicktown. Like, no, this is, this, that, is, right? this, is the, this is the quote I will give for any Dicktown promotion. It's, it's open quote. 1008, 1009, 1010. I can't keep counting these laughs. That's amazing. A thousand and ten laughs is Don't think all we, won't we promised, use that. but we hope that we lived up to it. Um, let me just say, Dicktown, I, I play a former uh, boy detective who's now in his uh, late 30s, early 40s. David Reese is my former Bugs Meanie, my former high school bully, who is now my uh, my driver and my hired muscle. He's also failed to leave Dicktown, and we are stuck uh, continuing to solve mysteries for teenagers. That's the premise of the show. Yeah, and it's but, it's fun because you get to be these very defined three dimensional personalities, and uh, but it's in the context of something that is breezy, and it takes all of the detours and 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 sidetracks that it takes that you would want it to take, and but it actually, uh, I find the thing, and I'm not here to I'm not here to analyze. This is not a, the Paley Center. I'm not here to. To, to to try to attach uh, gravitas to what you're making tonight's moderator is tom sharpling He's running the beneath the show. show thank you thank you running beneath the show there's a profound sadness running beneath the show that um it, that i find informs the best of both of your works individually um it's just there's a humanity and a, and it's just it's it's a very real and it makes the funny stuff that much funnier because the the show, uh, I know it's a cliche, but the show has a lot of heart and a lot well, of feeling. 
Um, I really appreciate that because just now when you said that, this thing about profound sadness, I was thinking about back on the like various projects that I've done. I was like, my instinct was to be like, but there's nothing sad about my political cartoon. It was like, oh yeah, there was a profound sadness behind that cartoon or there's nothing sadness about, there's no profound sadness behind my pencil sharpening. It was like, yeah, I wrote that in the aftermath of a divorce. That's a pretty bleak time in my life. That's very insightful, Tom. There's nothing sad about me slowly trying to perfect a perfect point on a pencil after yeah. I, my wife uh, my uh, wife and I have broken yeah. up. Yeah, you're right. Tom, that was very, I'm, sincerely, that was very insightful. No, I, I've I never... I mean it. Yeah. It's true. It's just like... There, I'm going to be haunted by that. Is that true? I, Everything I've ever done has a profound sadness. I think, yeah. I think, well, there's just humanity running beneath all of it that it's it's deceptive and it's I just love, like... Yeah. I'm, I'm also very grateful for it, Tom. I'd still prefer the uh, I had a good time. <laughs> Quote. Yeah, we might, go with the fir- we might go with the first quote okay. rather than no, the second okay. quote. Sure. <laughs> like, well, there's there's a profound I've, given you, I've given you three quotes. Quote one, I had a good time. Quote That's two, good. 1008, 1009, 1010. I can't keep counting these laughs. That's, and then, then quote number three was that little uh, mini a profound sadness underlies everything these two people do. Look, it's yeah. a very, it's a very, it's a, our show <laughs> is a very silly show, mm-hmm. but a number of years ago, before David and I started to work together, David said something to me that was very sobering, which was making a cultural reference is not the same thing as making culture. And I felt destroyed by this because mm-hmm. I had, I took so much pl- I like I I I really felt like the uh, the autistic kid at the end of Saint Elsewhere's at that point because it was mm-hmm. like my whole world is turned upside down because all I loved and that was a, a cultural reference by the way sure. uh, my whole my whole my whole so much of my career was based around reference uh, 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 well, a well timed yeah well timed ballistic X versus Sever reference <laughs> yeah totally that was heavy exactly. yeah yeah exactly and you know look the fact of the matter is here. In 2022, when you and I, Tom, make a ballistic X versus Sever reference, obviously the whole world stands up in a standing ovation of applause because mm-hmm. they love it. It's timely. Everyone knows what we're talking yes, about. Exactly. It's perfect. There's, yeah. there, but I'm, I'm telling you, Tom, I, not in 2022, maybe 2023, maybe 2024. At some point, the ballistic X versus Severance, Sever's reference mm-hmm. is, is going to expire. I don't know when, but it's not going to be. It's not as universal as it used to be. Well, not if true. I don't. Not if I don't juice that thing and make juice. it X versus Severance and then tie uh, <laughs> tie Adam Scott into it and uh, Patricia Arquette. There we go. And suddenly we're alive again. Uh, we got no, it back. Look, I want to say, you know, but I really like when we started making the show, like particularly in the world of animated comedy. There is a lot of just sort of like, let's make a reference to a Star Trek or let's make a reference to a Star Wars. And David and I really wanted to make a show about real humans, not just our characters, but all the characters in the show. And it means it's very meaningful to us that you appreciated that. Like, yeah, these are these are real characters who have it's a ridiculous situation but we we took it very seriously and we called it Dicktown in part 
to uh, trick FX because we were afraid that if FX was, mm -hmm. there are wonderful partners and we love them so much and they've given us the mm -hmm. second season and they've been so supportive, but FX has a brand identity for being kind of perversive and subversive and effed up. And mm -hmm. we knew that we were going to make a show about sort of emo weird guys and, mm -hmm. and not only emo weird guys, emo weird guys in, in middle age. And we kind of tried to hide it behind calling it Dicktown because if we call it Dicktown, it would provide us cover. Sure. That, yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, no, you got you to gotta, you gotta dream on this thing every once in a while. You know what I mean? Like that show Dream On or everyone. They, so maybe another, as, another maybe you, show a, you show a bra every once in a while. <laughs> right. Or have somebody <sighs> say a four-letter word now and again. Right. Remember that show First and Down, the dirty football show on HBO? Delta Burke, yes. Yeah. I remember it very well. It's all coming back um, to me, these references. No, I would say... I would say it's a, it's a, it's a, you're playing, you're, 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 you're playing the game. You're playing the game and you're making everybody happy. I laugh when you guys curse on this thing. I laugh. I do. I find it funny. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna That's say like something. I'm like, Oh, here they go again with the swear <laughs> words. It's like, no, I love it. But I also love that there's more here and that you have built something that is deceptively emotional. And, um, <laughs> I think deceptively emotional is the quote that I that's definitely, that's the one. Four. That, that's number four. A thousand and eight, a thousand and nine, a thousand and ten. I can't count the laughs. He stopped counting his thousand and ten. That's the best one. Deceptively okay. emotional. I'll take that one as mm -hmm. well. No, it's real. It's a really funny show. And how, how many episodes are in the season? 10 episodes over every Thursday in March. Five, th five Thursdays with 10 mysteries. Five episodes, 10 mysteries. And it's it's really is like a uh, a who's who of of talent. Also, you have I heard uh, uh, Joe Firestone on the most recent uh, episode was great. My friend yeah. Joe Firestone, our friend. I'm assuming our, you're friends with her. We're um, not enemies. You're not enemies. Um, and you had uh, Manolo who was on there, which is exciting. Manolo to Moreno, hear. Joe Firestone, um, mm -hmm. John Glazer is John uh, Glazer, yeah. John uh, Early, Anna Akana, Paget mm -hmm. Brewster, Amy Sedaris, Weird Al Yankovic sang the theme song. Yeah, yeah. It's a just a of, it's a rogues yeah. a rogues mm -hmm. gallery of uh, yeah uh, people who still talk to mm -hmm. us. Yeah, I notice. Uh, Nothing. No, I'm not gonna say anything. Well, oh, I. Okay. Oh, no, 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 nothing's great. Nothing. I think it's great. Nothing's I think. Great, I guess no, my. No. I mean, my phone. I did not. My phone wasn't working for two years. And I <laughs> yeah, no. That is fair. I. My phone. I didn't have a phone or any means of being contacted or. Yeah, I mean, we <laughs> see, John. You were so worried, and I told you he'd be chill about it. <laughs> well, I mean, we sent out those carrier pigeons, uh, uh, messages in bottles, uh, Morse code. You said it, but you called me an aggrieved ape, or whatever it was you called me. Wow, ten years ago, and it's and it's stuck, and it's what they call me now. The aggrieved Holy ape, moly. or what was I've it? Not aggrieved bear. You said it was like poking a bear in a cage. I I said the very first time that I was on <laughs> the best show, and I was thinking about it this afternoon as I was thinking about like my my goodness, my relationship with Tom and the best show has gone on for a, a long time, and I'm yeah. so happy about it. But I mm -hmm. I remember distinctly every time I've ever 
been lucky enough to be on the show, both for both the, the good times and the and the and the weirder times. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm talking about Four Loco Night. But I mean, that first time I came on, it's like I get oh it. God. This is the comedy of a grievance. Yeah, this is the comedy of a grievance. And you looked at me, and you were very, and I, and I think you <laughs> saw that I saw you, uh-huh. and you were very aggrieved. <laughs> you were very aggrieved. Well, Tom, I can I can only say this is how that felt. One time I went down the boardwalk. I was writing on the TV show called Monk at a point, and sure. all the writers went down to the uh, Atlantic City boardwalk. Sure. And we were like for a little uh, overnight getaway kick, kick off the writing season event. And we're walking on the boardwalk and what, what we real and we see what could be more um, fun or life affirming. What could be more life affirming than right. the showboat casino in Atlantic City? Sure. <laughs> circa 2010 when um, when suddenly every other city realized, oh, wait, we can have casinos also. Yeah. Um, and then suddenly they they all started having adding them to their cities, and then suddenly people were like, "Wait, I don't have to drive to Atlantic City. Right. There's a casino. Everyone has a casino thirty five minutes from their house now." All the, all, <laughs> Apparently, all the, all the creeps and weirdos in the boardwalk looked over one shoulder, <laughs> the other shoulder, and then ran out of town. There was a point in America where you could go to Las Vegas, you could go to Reno, you could go on a riverboat. Or you could go to Atlantic City, and that that's it. where you could get your gambling in. Yeah. Now, now there's a casino in Philadelphia, in the city of Philadelphia, not like on the outskirts, like oh, it's in, it's 20 yeah. minutes outside of Philadelphia. It's not, no, it's, not, it's in yeah, Philadelphia. It's not in, it's not in King of Prussia. It's not in Ardmore. No, it's not. It's not in Ardmore. This is not exactly it's not in Villanova. It's, no, It'll never be. On this the thing line. is right in the middle of Philly, so. This is how that, so I'm taking a detour here to get to this, but it's going to be worth. So we're walking on the boardwalk and we see they have it all night long. They have a game on the boardwalk called shoot the geek. And I see it and I'm like, this is the most disgusting thing I've ever seen in my life. There's some poor slob wrapped in carpet and hockey pads and helmets standing about 30 feet away from the edge of the of the of the game right and you pay and you shoot paintballs at this wait seriously or so oh yeah, oh yeah no this is thing and i'm like this is disgusting and i'm like are you this is the worst thing it was the worst thing i ever saw in my life and then the other writers are like come on let's do it once it's a thing so i'm like fine <laughs> let's I'll shoot do it. the human so i'll do it fine and then and this is this is me. This is this is this is the real uh, revelation of the human condition. Within 15 seconds, I'm trying to calculate a spot. <laughs> I'm like, if I if you shoot him between, if you look around his knee, it looks like there's an open spot there. Maybe if if you could bullseye it in there, you could hurt him. That's that's what that aggrieved comment felt like. I was oh, the geek. No. I was the geek, no. and you were shooting. But I look, I'm the geek. John bullied you a little. John bullied you. No, no, no. He didn't know. He signed up. I was not bullying the geek. It was transactional. The geek won. We didn't even hit this guy. He was not even feeling an ounce of pain. You can't hurt the geek. But first of all, it it was the most terrifying experience to realize how quickly you can shift 
your your core foundational values can shift. You wanted to shoot that geek, and were you going to get anything for getting that paint? No, just in? the just the the praise of my coworkers, I guess. Validation. Oh, you, yeah, you shot that geek. Acceptance. Hey, you guys peers. remember when I shot the geek? You guys remember when I shot the geek? Ah, oh, that was so cool when you shot the geek. Tom, I wasn't looking for some oh some little uh uh, uh some little place where I could get a paintball oh, into your I, knee or whatever. I'm not judging. Look, John, it was a gift. I want it was a gift. Yeah, but I I'm just to... saying. I felt in I'm that tra- moment. No, don't apologize. No, John, it well, was. I love it. And it has it it was it was just like this moment of when I was on the boardwalk shooting at the geek. I realized what have I become? Like suddenly I was like this is like bridge over the river Kwai all of a sudden. Like I was just trying to say, I was like Batman in one of your Batman movies when he goes when he's like, yeah, I could I could look at everybody's information and that's bad, but I'm still gonna do it anyway. That was a great I saw message. that one. Yeah, that was a fun message. You know, the other thing I liked about that movie, The Dark they, Knight, they had two fairies and one had criminals from the jail in it. And then the other one had finance people and they each thought they could blow the other boat up. And it's just like, who's the real criminal, man? That's The Dark Knight. Christopher Nolan. Yeah. Only Tiny yeah. Lister had the moral, uh, the moral yeah. fortitude to go like, we can't blow them up. And so let me say, I got two. I got Wall two Street guys like, oh, we got to press the button. Yeah. And then at that point, I should have pressed a button that said, how much more time is left in this movie? And it would have come up and said, 45 minutes. Every, every I, I'm going to say this the latest Batman movie was uh-huh. the two hours and 56 minutes long. Mm, okay. Yeah. I think that it Freeze. would be, re- I think that it would be reasonable for yeah. it's not just Batman. Batman's, but any uh-huh. movies, yeah, that are over two and a half hours long, mm-hmm. every seat should have an ejector button. You could just blow out of there when you need to. Like I can't oh, take. I thought you meant you could blow out people that you didn't like in the theater. No, like, no, you no. could eject you, somebody else. Self eject. Yeah, I self eject. Yeah, exactly. It, 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 yeah, and I said it earlier in the show, John. I don't know if you heard. I said Christopher Nolan made these Batman movies. They're all three hours long. Then he makes Dunkirk, which is about I a war. And he got that one in at about the hundred minute mark. Yeah, somehow he could make his time with that. And one. that movie is great. And that movie is a masterpiece. That's I the one that time movie. I think all his clever narrative restructuring yeah. and time backwards and forwards, like it actually helps you see the world in a different way. It actually yeah. felt fundamental to the whole thing he was trying to do in that movie. Yeah, that movie. And he's telling it from all these different timelines, three different timelines going. Oh, the movie. He, if suddenly, if he's telling that Dunkirk thing, if suddenly a rowboat showed up and Batman was on it, he'd be like, guys, I need an extra hour. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, everybody. Batman's here. We need another Batman's here. 90 block minutes. Out, block right. out 90 minutes. Batman's, Batman's superpowers. He can slow down time. Yeah, well, that's for sure. Those, those I'll movies. tell you. I'll t- I'll tell you two things. I okay. liked I liked the Batman. I genuinely liked it. And the reason I liked it, David Sims, who uh, writes for the Atlantic and is a, a acquaintance of mine, and he has a good podcast called Blank Check. 
He pointed out his favorite scene, and it was mine too. Until I didn't realize until he wrote this. Batman goes to a crime scene very early in the movie that is filled with police officers, and you've never seen Batman walk through a hallway of police police officers who are all like, "Who is this guy?" And he's just mm-hmm. like, "Excuse me, pardon me, excuse me, pardon me." Like he is the weakest as he's ever been mm-hmm. in this moment where he's just kind of kind of having to go sideways through these cops like he's the geek that you want to shoot in this thing like there's genuinely like you really begin to feel like um this guy's not okay he is wearing a weird bat suit and walking into a crime scene that's not Mm -hmm. good yeah no that's the closest batman that's like heart to heart all of a sudden batman shows up (laughs) yeah what seems to be going on here tonight officer (laughs) we just came from the opera So like, imagine it's so also weird say, and intrusive. Heart to heart. I know you guys worked on Simon. You thought of Simon and Simon. Yeah. The show Heart to Heart. Oh, when they got together imagine, with murder. It's a crime scene. And then every once in a while, this dapper couple rolls by and is like <laughs> lifting up the crime scene tape to right. be just like a murder, eh, officer? Right. Like, yeah, I wouldn't want your uh, cummerbund to get blood <laughs> on it. Maybe take a step back. Heart. I had never I had never seen Heart to Heart until COVID, and then I, I kind of got into Heart to Heart. The two-part pilot is really great. But imagine they are, them they, walking because into they're, crime they're rich like, people. Yeah, go ahead. They, they're doing it for free? Is that they're right? They're dabbling. Yeah. yeah, they're having fun. It's a lark. They're dabblers just like Bruce Wayne. And imagine now that they're walking into the crime scene, and they're both wearing like daft punk masks like right. <laughs> why yeah if i just why saw a crime scene if i like was driving by and i see i see like eight police cars like, lights hang, going crying hang on, table, hang on. Cry, I gotta, crowd gathering. yeah i gotta pull over pull over pop my trunk start putting my costume on start walking they would just be like we caught him we caught them we caught the murderer yeah it's the guy with the it's the guy with the bad costume on yeah but tom i only said that thing because i appreciated what you were doing it was a completely new comedic mode that i had never heard before i wasn't trying to shoot you with paintballs john i was i was acknowledging what you were doing it's okay. That's all. I, it's, it's okay. Look, Don't worry. Look, no, I, 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 I know I, it rolls off. I know it rolls off your back. You, you know who you are, Duck Man. Nothing, nothing. Everything rolls off your back. I get it. Speaking of every- Duck Man, I want to say close to Duck Man. Oh no! Oh, if no. you ever do one of these Howard the Duck things, Howard the no. Duck. How could you not let me be the voice of Howard the Duck? I'm with you, Tom. Hundred, hundred. Just picture. I'm, I'm uh, uh, Howard. One thousand eight. One thousand nine. One. I can't count the percents that I'm on board with you on this. When they were going to do that Howard the Duck thing with Kevin Smith doing it, first of all, they were going to have Howard the Duck was going to be wearing a giant hockey jersey and jorts. And I always said, this is this is off target already. David Reese is wandering off into the night of Chapel Hill. He is so lost in the Howard the Duck stuff that we're talking I, that's, about. Howard the Duck is one of two movies I ever walked out of. But I don't even think of Howard the Duck as a movie. Didn't they it make ha- a movie of Howard yeah, the Duck and it was like did, some atrocious it man to, in a rubber mask or sure, something? Sure, but it happened to yeah. be a movie, but it was a really good comic book when I was a kid. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. That was actually funny. And and, uh, and Chip weird. Zdarsky, my and friend Gen- Chip, Zdarsky Chip Zdarsky, rebooted it uh, a few years ago, and it was great. Yeah. Howard the, and It's not gross and like edgy? 
It was a little edgy. It would it's be kind of like seven, 70s edgy, you know? A little 70s kind of like. It's like, like scuzzy, like, right? It's kind of scuzzy and scuzzy. It's, grimy. It's got a scuzzy quality where there would be weird oversized issues that would be at the grocery store that were like next to like National Lampoon and yeah. High Times. That's too scuzzy for me. Yeah, <laughs> I could never read a National I saw a National Lampoon. Uh, I went by uh, yesterday's news, which is an old. Um, I, I don't want to swear. Am I allowed to swear? I try not to. I, I we, we no. feel like this is not Dick Town. Try to right. Exactly. It's an. It's a. It's like a. It's not an antique store, but it's like a like a weird old stuff and stuff store. Sure. You, you can pick up old copies of National Lampoon, for example, yeah. and old mm-hmm. old uh, uh, decks of uh, trading cards for like Tron and Alf and such. Mm-hmm. Sure. And they had a National Lampoon, an issue of National Lampoon that had a, a Edward Gorey covered on it, David. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wait, a real one or a parody? No, a real one. Like Edward Gorey. He did, did a cover for for National Lampoon? Yeah, 1973 or four or something like that. I don't know because I, I couldn't buy it because I was like, I, I want to own anything that Edward Gorey ever did. Mm-hmm. And if you don't, if you know, you know, if you don't, you don't know. And I'm going to bother you by telling you what Edward Gorey's all about right now. But like mm-hmm. National Lampoon, I, I like I looked through it. I'm like, I really like this, and I flipped through it, and it's like there are all these dirty comics in the it back. Gave you a scuzzy feeling, right? A scuzzy mm-hmm. feel, yeah. yeah. Same, yeah. same as always. Howard the Duck was a little bit in that mode, a little bit in that '70s uh, Fritz the Cat mode. He's like that. a detective and a flasher, right? Mm, he, <laughs> he ended up on Earth from a different world, a world he never made. <clears throat> it was a world oh. he never made. Yeah, he was just a he was just a duck smoking a cigar, wearing yeah. a little hat, and trying mm-hmm. to figure out his way in this wackadoo world. And this was Marvel Comics. Did this Marvel Comics? Steve, and it was a very popular Steve comic in particular. Huh. Was and it was very popular. It was extreme. He ran for president. He was mm-hmm. he was a write-in candidate for president in nineteen seventy-six. You don't like that? I hate it when fake cartoon characters run for president. Even Snoopy did that, and that's the one misstep Snoopy ever made. It made me so mad at Charles Schultz when I read about that when I was a kid. The one misstep that Snoopy ever made. Yeah, yeah, the one. Yeah, I said what I said. I believe you. I I, I like it. Hey, look, I'm I like Snoopy a lot. You know, I can't stand as that dirtbag cousin of his with that scrub brush. Oh, mustache. you're talking about Spike, Spike living out in Needles, Arizona. <laughs> That scraggly mustache. You you never you, you never heard of a grooming kit. That was Charles Schultz exploring that scuzzy side of life. He was like, "Let me make some for yeah. these alt." Co-. He read about R. Crumb. He was like, "Let me make something a little scuzzy to yeah. get all that." So they'll sell my comics at the head shop. Yeah, the what did they call him? Snoopy Brothers. <clears throat> they called him what? Dutch was that his nickname? No, his name was Spike, wasn't it? No, oh, no. you mean Charles Schultz? Yeah, it was Dutch. Schultz. I think that's right. Yep. Dutch, right? Dutch. Tom. Yes. Chip Zdarsky. Yeah should write a Howard the Duck movie. It should get made, and you should voice. I should voice it, and I also... H.T. Duck Esquire. Thank you. thank you. And I also do want to do the voice of uh, Alf, if that comes back, too. Oh. Hmm. Alf. Any other... Any other hey! Hey, Willie! What's going on? Yeah, I don't think you want to do that, Tom. Oh, come on! You don't want to watch me eat a cat? I don't know, Tom. This is this feels beneath you. This is not the well, comedy look, of a grievance. I'm auditioning for Dicktown season three. Tom, you got a role. You know what we're gonna look if we get a season three, and I really hope we do. When? When 
we learn whether or not we get a season three? And if the answer is yes, mm-hmm. Dave and I are full collaborators on this. Okay. So I can't speak unilaterally on this, mm-hmm. but I, I will definitely pitch the idea. Of I a, that's all I want. Oh, I, I'm like Rocky. I just want to, I just want a chance. A uh-huh. duck, I just a, want a chance. A Howard a the style character that is voiced okay. by. Because, mm-hmm. you know, we were, we were talking and we've been doing, uh, we've been talking about the show a lot and like a lot of the visual inspiration for the show has been like Scooby-Doo Mm-hmm. Are all the teen mystery solvers of Saturday morning cartoons of the past? So, like, you got the, you know, the teens who ran around with Scooby Doo, you got the teens who ran around with Fang Face, you got the, the teens who ran around with Jabberjaw. They all had this like talking animal mm-hmm. totem that they would that they would, frankly, endure. It didn't help solve mm-hmm. the mystery whatsoever. I'll, usually caused more problems than not. Mm-hmm. And if John Hunchman and David Purefoy are characters, yeah. If we if we ended up with having like a, a talking animal sidekick for season three, mm-hmm. c- could it could it be a a duck named Scuzzy Tom duck. the Duck? Scuzzy the Duck. Scuzzy the Duck. Scuzzy the Duck. I like that. I like. Scuzzy. I'm feeling this now. Yeah. All right. Yeah, Reading Scuzzy his the filthy duck. old national lampoons. I mean, you know, yeah. my character, my character, John Hunchman, lives on a houseboat on College Town Lake in Richardsville, North Carolina, aka Dicktown to the locals. There are ducks. There got to be ducks around. What if he bonks his head and starts imagining that Scuzzy the duck is talking to him? I like this. I like yeah. this a lot. I also do want to propose one thing for you two guys. You think about this. Right. This Dick Town thing. Yeah. I'm telling you, this just doesn't have to be an animated thing. You could do radio plays. You could do live shows, doing readings of the thing. This thing is primed to have legs. David, I got to say, Scuzzy the Duck makes a lot of sense. Maybe we should let Scuzzy the Duck be our manager. This has legs. This the Scuzzy the Duck NFTs would sell for trillions of dollars. It feels like such an NFT thing. Imagine Dicktown Live, David Reese, John Hodgman, and you get John brings his ukulele out, does a couple songs. Oh, God. David brings his pencil sharpener out, oh, does God. a couple of his things. Oh, then God. the two of you unite and you do two. In alienating everyone episodes. on earth. No, you <laughs> yeah. do two live episodes of Dicktown on the uh-huh. stage and some special guests come out. Then all of a sudden, I here comes old Scuzzy the Duck. I think <laughs> David and his pencil sharpener and me and my ukulele would make more money on the boardwalk getting shot at with paintballs. <laughs> People will be lining up to shoot these nerds. Oh, that would be amazing. The ultimate, please, (laughs) what it ultimately comes down to is what everybody wants to see is they want to see David take John's ukulele and put it in the pencil sharpener. (laughs) Oh, yeah, that's a good, that's a good final act. I think you're right. I think you're, hey, you know what, <laughs> David Scuzzy the Duck makes a lot of sense. I think we should we ought to let Scuzzy, Scuzzy the be Duck. Yeah, hey, the home of truth, the home of truth, Scuzzy the Duck. That's on what he AM calls his little duck shack. <laughs> hey, Tom, were you ever into Pogo? Now that we're talking about animal car- cartoons and shacks and stuff, do you no, that, that felt that felt that felt that eluded me. That felt very right. southern, and I had right. no connection to that. I had the. You got to realize where I was from, we had Bugs Bunny and we had uh, others. Right. Uh, we Pogo felt very like, like the kind of thing where I would 
be compelled to ask my grandfather if he knew what that was. Right. Because it yeah. seemed like it might have been from his childhood. Yeah, no, I totally, I mean, I came to know Pogo from reading my grandpa's Pogo collections. Because, like, for me, it'd be like, hey, Grandpa, what did do you ever read Gasoline Alley? Yeah. Because yeah. I see it in the newspaper and right. I don't yeah, like yeah. it. Yeah. It's clearly meant for someone. Right. Perhaps you. Could it be you, Grandpa? Gasoline right. Alley is one of the few comic strips in which the characters age more or less in real time. Yeah. And for better or for worse, I think also that one. For better or for worse. And Funky mm. Winker Bean. And a, and, yeah. Yeah. What was your yeah. comic strip growing up, Tom? What was the one that you would? Not oh, funny, which one did? Oh, like, the comic you, strip, then the yeah, newspaper. What the, did I like? When you opened the, uh, what was your look? Was I'm your a Bazooka Joe man. Everybody knows that. Uh, <laughs> that's not general. a newspaper. That's in uh, bubblegum wrap. No, I'm just saying when it comes to comic strips, uh huh. Bazooka Joe's the gold standard. You can't, if you can't tell the joke in two panels, you're doing something wrong. Yeah. If the joke doesn't end with somebody's feet falling horizontally out of panel, <laughs> out of shock, who out of the reaction. Bazooka Joe's friend who wore the turtleneck over his whole face or whatever. That was a good look. I Adolf. Like that. His name was Adolf. <sighs> no, it was not. <laughs> I was a I was a Bloom County kid, and I were and I I it does not age well. I gotta mm-hmm. tell you right now. Yeah, but that comic was huge. I mean, you can't hate anybody for being into Bloom County. No, that was a total phenomenon. That was a phenomenon, right? I was I believe me, I wore a a very tight Opus the Penguin T shirt uh, well oh. into late adolescence. It Are you happen. serious? Of course I did. Of course I did. Oh, uh, a guy spent a fair amount of time staring at the sandwich that uh dagwood would make and trying to figure out yeah totally there's a lot of middle stuff in here computer enhance yeah exactly (laughs) seems like this isn't this is not tracking for this to be an actual sandwich seems like yeah when it just had like an entire onion in it it was like that kind of cartoon an onion and (laughs) i think there's some packing peanuts in there (laughs) and so just folded over cardboard and one turkey leg (laughs) and a turkey leg the bone sticking out between two small pieces of rye bread right very thinly sliced yes well let me say this but well first of all it wouldn't be you wouldn't be on the best show, John Hodgman, if your old nemesis wasn't lurking about. Oh no! The suitcases, the, all the history. You're talking about creepy luggage, Mike. What's up, John? <laughs> I don't like that. that was, <laughs> Why? It sounded weirdly detached. <laughs> you sounded like. <laughs> Now you and Mike, Mike, you this is, had a this thing has been with John. Long, yeah, go ahead. You explain. I was just going to say this has been a long time coming. We haven't spoken for a while, Mike, and I apologize for that. That's all right. It is a little awkward. I appreciate your walking into this situation with a rather um, uncannily upbeat. Hey, what's up, John? That was weird. That's okay. Mike, uh, I've been a, I've been a fan uh, ever since the first time I came on the best show, and uh, then uh, you brought that creepy luggage to the video shoot for the um, new pornographers video, mm-hmm. and I just made some comments about the fact that your luggage was creepy. You've taken it personally ever uh, since. Uh, uh, yeah, and I don't know what I like. I mean, honestly, the luggage was creepy. It was a weird suitcase. It 
One, it wasn't a suitcase. It was what I call a uh, large bag. And I think uh, you were thrown, you were thrown by the straps. You were, you were thrown by the straps. Because, you know, you know, luggage doesn't have as many straps as this thing. This thing you could actually yeah. throw I, over your shoulder. I was, I was thrown by the straps. I was thrown by the fact that it, the straps were there. I was thrown by the fact that it was the size uh, such that a human could be strapped into it, I think is what I was thrown by. It seemed like something you could, if you drugged a person, you could put them in this thing and then go through I, an airport security without much I would, trouble. I would describe it as an upscale hockey bag. Now, you're from Massachusetts, right? Yeah, oh, but he's you're not you over. People he's lugging hockey, hockey equipment, right? These large bags. Yeah. So, so so this was sort of on that sort of order. It's not formal, like like a piece of luggage, but it had, you know, various compartments. You could put your uh, sundries and whatnot. I don't want to reel it apart from your, <laughs> your clothing. I, all, I, all I can say is uh, your defenses, even now, a decade later, are not uh-huh. reassuring to me. Sounds like a duffel bag. Is it just a duffel bag? Do you guys know what a duffel bag is? Yeah. I mean, a duffel bag is in in the same category as like sort of a hockey bag. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm not going to. It's a fancy duffel bag. So it's like you could picture. It's a fancy duffel bag. Exactly. Upscale duffel. It's an upscale duffel. It's kind of like what Rambo walked into town in that first blood movie (laughs) when he's coming through. Well, that that I think was made out of canvas. That's your, your typical duffel bag. Okay. This thing is more of uh, it's it's not uh, canvas. It's, uh-huh. it's sort of a, a sturdier material. I I have a very I mean I I don't I don't know if there are wheels on this thing, but to no, me there were was, no wheels. <laughs> it's it's it strictly for throwing over your shoulder. It was definitely mm-hmm. it was no it was much larger than so it's a rucksack. No, <laughs> I, it was square. I I remember it being square. I remember it being a weird man made fabric canvas. You say okay maybe. No, it wasn't. I remember canvases. being gray. I remember having weird stains on it. <laughs> I, no, there were no oh, stains. stain bag. That's 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 definitely not true. Well, you know what? Agree to disagree because I don't know. Do you have a photo? Do, are there set? You know what? I I, I will. Oh, yeah, do let's. A... I'll, I'll go call up the archivist and they'll uh, <laughs> the, the, they'll get all the behind the scenes. Right. photos. There, there had there had to have, there had to have been some. Uh, no, well, some, my, I still my, have the uh, bag. I'll put oh, it up do. on Instagram one day. I think there's only one way to settle this. Give him the bag, Mike. <laughs> Give him the bag. Yeah. Mail him the bag. I could do that, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Mail him the bag and then pop out of it when he opens the box. Yeah, because that's what's going to happen. Yeah, you'll do it like the gift, like the Velvet Underground song, The Gift. Waldo Jeffers yourself. You mail yourself in the bag to, to Hodgman's house. Yeah. The only the only satisfying outcome would be Mike FedExes the bag to me. I open it. Mike pops out of it. He immediately garrots me, pulls me into the bag. Mm -hmm. The zipper rezips itself magically Mm -hmm. and then cut to black credits. That's it. It's or like, no, you just do it and you cut it. It's uh, he pulls you into the bag and then you're and then you realize it's like uh, one of your beloved uh, Tardises. <gasps> There's only one Tardis. Tom. But no, but it's, it's a U.S. It's, rooms in it. 
this is the show I'm going to pitch. Okay. Everybody's talking about Doctor Who, Doctor Who. Does anybody ever talk about Dentist Who? John okay. Hodgman is Dentist Who. Okay. And you gonna, go yeah. you go traveling uh-huh. around and you and Mike have a bag that you can both climb into. <laughs> <laughs> they both and climb it, into some gray stained duffel bag and then zip zip it, it up around them and then different they, dimensions. Then they're inside a massive spaceship they can fly around in. Then they're running down the same hallway over and over like these episodes of Doctor Who. Yeah. Same hallway, same people. I like when I was a kid, six PM on a Saturday meant, oh boy, I have no friends. I guess I'm gonna watch Doctor Who again on PBS, even though I kind of knew I didn't like it. I'm just like pushing myself because it it had some trace elements of star wars in it somehow I know exactly like, what you're talking about just yeah. like yeah so i'm like okay i guess i'm gonna watch this thing and they're imagine, running down the same your, hallway over and Luke over skywalker was a 45 year old man yeah. dressed as oscar wilde with a big yeah. floppy a, scarf yeah. yeah wearing a huge yeah. scarf right and and then you like here it's like oh he's the fourth one the fourth one <laughs> you're like Wait, there were three. I need to find. Oh yeah, they can't even find like video for a couple of these guys. There's bare. It's like, how old is this thing? <laughs> and like, and it's like, oh well. Then they they tried to soup up the franchise by ripping off the these new James Bond movies. At the point, these were before James Bond, and that was them like deciding to give the thing a little shot in the arm. Let's. Let's take a little bit of that James Bond magic. It was it 1961? I and would, and but I would, yeah, I'd watch it. They'd be like, "Oh, we're inside a mighty pyramid." Oh no! And you watch, <laughs> and then they're like, they're running down the same hallway over and over. It's like this pyramid's not that mighty. Yeah these these uh these five pieces of cardboard look a lot like. Yeah, they, I think I think I saw them run down this hallway already. Yeah, and then the, the five pieces of cardboard representing the pyramid seem a lot like the five pieces of cardboard representing Victorian London last week. And, and I'm a kid, and I'm like, oh, don't worry, there's a robot dog on it. K nine, I forgot K-9. about K nine. Yeah, and you're just yeah. like affirmative master. Isn't that what he would say? He would say affirmative master. That is what he would say. And he had a little and laser that he could shoot, right? Hmm. But even at that point, oh. I was just like, I was like, all right, this robot dog's here because of R2-D2. This sucks. Like, how how low am I going to go for my thrills here? Everyone's got to survive. Gonna go stare these- at, I'll go stare at my Splinter in the Mind's Eye paperback cover again. Alan Dean Foster. I, I didn't read it. I certainly Wait, looked at the cover. Could Kate. Could K9 did he could he say anything other than affirmative could he have a conversation with Doctor Who I can't remember could yeah, he, talk? he could talk he could talk you have a full on conversation he was he was a smart computer dog okay so, right. so Mike can I can I consider you uh, attached to this project dentist who sure okay you're on board available okay you're available <laughs> so, I don't want to climb into Mike's luggage though that's my one thing I don't want to ever get near that stuff I don't want him to send it to me. I mean, I definitely feel like I would pitch. I would. I would be attached to a horror movie pitch, which is called the the bag, the scary bag, bag. the scary mm-hmm. bag. Right. Okay. Well, we'll I'll walk name. that one over to Blumhouse. Yeah, walk that over we'll to Blumhouse. We can, we'll see if we can <laughs> sell this on too. both I, ends. I think it should be like a like a dentist bag, and it's just Mike is my companion, and we just travel through time. Mm-hmm. 
uh, giving everybody laughing gas. I like that. Well, look, I'll see you guys on set. I can't wait. All right. I'm going to wrap this up because I, uh, as I said, I'm recovering from COVID and I don't have yeah, a whole Tom, lot of strength. How are you? How oh, are I'm, you, I'm, you? I'm hanging in there. I feel like it's strange. It feels like Hulk Hogan a little bit when he'd get mm. hit once and then he'd, he'd wobble and then he'd get hit a second time and then he'd be even weaker and then he'd get hit a third time and somehow be stronger than ever all of a sudden, which is not how human bodies work. Apparently I have the same constitution as hulk hogan because i was feeling terrible feeling worse and then suddenly i feel great that's good this means i'm gonna crash this means i'm gonna crash i know myself too well um gotta hang in there for scuzzy the duck thank you for i gotta get i got i got scuzzy the duck to look forward to um in all seriousness it has been a true it's truly exciting to have both you back on the show i miss both of you and please keep coming back on because you're you're both two of my favorites independently and collectively i love you both and um the show is great i really do enjoy it um i'm i'm so happy i'm happy you you got another season and uh, just seeing the two episodes that 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 are out already you already are doing stuff with it to move the thing uh you're you're to push hard with it and it's very exciting to see i i love it i can't wait to watch the rest of season two and it's called dick town and you can get it where can you get it so thursday nights in march new episodes uh premiere at 10 p.m on fxx uh we have two mysteries per thursday night and then it becomes available on hulu the next day uh, at 4 a.m on fridays you can get it on hulu and all of the episodes of season one are also on Hulu, same, same, uh, same place. Uh, and season one uh, is only itself. All episodes are a, total are 111 minutes long. So you can sit down and it's like a, a an, an eighth of an Avengers movie, basically. Micro so binge. Yeah. Micro like you, binge. Can, you can binge let that in a very yeah. short period of time and catch up if you want. Just go to bit.ly slash dicktown. That's B-I-T dot L-Y slash D-I-C-K-T-O-W-N. Or just Google Dicktown. I'm very pleased to tell you that uh, when you Google Dicktown, it just, our show comes up. Not the worst thing that you could imagine, which I was very nervous about. But our show mm-hmm. comes up right at the top and you can find it there. Dicktown Thursdays on FXX and then Hulu mm-hmm. the next day. And... uh july 21st the bag will be in theaters <laughs> and uh july 22nd uh the dentist who is going to be on fxxxx uh-huh. and, and just so people overseas know in in great britain it's called the tote Ooh. it's called the tote yes thank you pat the tote, the tote. i just for, for legal reasons i had to say that. thank you pat jason mike Tom, David. So good to hear you guys. Yes. Thanks for coming on the yeah. show. Love you all. Yes. Nice to talk Thank to you, you guys. Much. Take care. Feel better Thanks soon, again. Tom. Thank you. I appreciate it. Take some calls. Okay. I if guess how many I more? Mean, I, want, I will. No, no. Okay. Thanks, guys, for coming on. We'll talk very soon. All right. Bye. Okay. Bye-bye. Pat, how many more calls do I have? Dose. Let's do these two, and then we're going to say goodnight. Hello. Hi, Best Show. Hello. 
Hi, welcome to the best show. To whom am I speaking? This is Jeff in Chatham. How you doing, Tom? Jeff in Chatham, 07928. That's me. Yes, sir. That's your zip code. How are you doing, Jeff? I'm okay, man. I'm um, just listening to the show, and then my phone stopped uh, playing the live stream. So I've just been sitting in the car and uh, awaiting my turn. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. good. To what do I have the pleasure of this call tonight? So, if you don't mind, I was calling uh, in regards to the topic a couple of weeks ago, uh, freaky coincidences. Okay, what do you got? All right. So, it was May 22nd, 2018, and uh, I was driving down to Cape May, New Jersey, to visit a uh, couple of pals who were living there over the summer, uh, working at a, ta- at a taco joint, and just hanging out, making music, I was visiting them uh, for the weekend. Um, I just reread, uh, you know, I'm sure you're familiar with, um, with Philip Roth, the, the novelist. Ah, yes. The master. Ah, that's him. Um, so I, I just reread, uh, uh, his novella, Goodbye Columbus. And so, you know, we're getting tuned up and we're going bar to bar and I'm calling myself, uh, Neil Klugman, which is the name of the, uh, the protagonist in that particular story. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I got my. My buddy's calling me um, Neil Klugman. I got strangers calling me Neil Klugman. A Klugman party of four, right? And uh, we just, we had a great night. And uh, like I said, we're going bar to bar. We're riding bikes. And uh, whatever. The night's wrapping up. And we get back to my friend's uh, house, the place he was staying at. And um, these, these two guys, they, they start to pass out on the couch. And I'm not quite there yet, so I sit down on the easy chair, I turn on the television, and uh, Jack Black, Jack Black, uh, the School of Rock was on. So I'm watching mm-hmm. this, and I'm dozing off a little, and then I feel uh, my phone vibrate, and I pick it up, what the heck is this? News alert, uh, American novelist Philip Roth has died at the age of 85 or whatever it was. The night that you decided to call yourself Ted Klugman. I'm operating all day long under this, uh, this, this pseudonym. Pseudonym, am I using that right? Is that, is that what a pseudonym is? This alias? Yes. Neil Klugman. Your nom, your nom de party. My nom de party. I couldn't have said it better myself. And meanwhile, his creator, uh, you know, takes, takes the big sleep. Yeah, that is a freaky coincidence. That's a good one. Thank you. I've been, uh, I, I called in once before, and I was a nervous wreck, and I finally felt like I had you know, something to contribute to. I love it. Thank you for the call, my friend. All right, man. Hey. Okay, take care. All right, final call, final call. Hello, hi. Welcome to the best show. Hey, this is Tom. It is. Hey, Tom, this is Paul in Savannah. Paul in Savannah? That's right, yes, Savannah, Georgia. Savannah, Georgia. How are you tonight? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Uh, Thanks for taking my call. Of course, of course. Uh, What what, what can I do for you? What can I do for you? Well, I got a a mystery on my hands here. were you able to watch the Melania SNL? 
the most recent one? No, I didn't week. see it. Yeah, it was okay. Um, but I was hanging out with my... Uh, Wait, an episode of Saturday Night Live was okay? <laughs> Shocking. Um, uh, I was hanging out with my sister. We were reminded of a, a couple years ago, and I'm, I'm looking for, for some help from the best show listeners here. Had a, uh, a weird thing. We were watching the John Mulaney special on Netflix about halfway through closed captions for some reason come on the TV and not matching up with what he's saying in the special. It says you will die on May 23rd, 2034. And the closed caption stopped after that. And, uh, I've called Netflix. I've called everybody, and I've, I've done a year of research. I cannot figure this out. And I remember uh, the reason I thought of this was just the uh, I just happened to re-listen to the epi- old episode of you know mysteries help help us solve mysteries from the best show listeners. And this is my my mystery. Why would the uh, subtitle say something so creepy and and out of context? Is what you want to know. And it said, you exactly. will die in May of 2034? Yeah, exactly. Well, my friend, you got, you got 12 years to find out. You got to uh, live those 12 well, years as if, as if every day is a gift. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm toast. Well, look, you could be toast tomorrow. I could be toast tomorrow. Or you could realize you got 12 years ahead of you. You got 12 years. Yeah, I guess you're right. I think that's amazing. You got 12 years to do something with. What are you going to do? Sit there in fear? Or are you going to go and do something with it? You got a real Zodiac on your hands. What does fear do to you? Like the movie Zodiac. Does it drive you mad? Or does it make you take action? That's a, uh, that's a great point, Tom. Uh, I think I'm going to take action. I love it. Well, my friend, uh, I'm going to take anybody... action too. Yeah, go for it. What were you going to say? Oh, no, I was going to say, if anyone out there in Besha land. Oh, yeah. Any if anybody has any why... insight into this, please, please let me know. Because if it is a mystery, if it, if, it, if it is a solvable mystery, let's solve it. But if it is a sign from the uh, from a different plane, then that's the only way somebody on a different plane could reach you to warn you. Then, then that's what that will be, and you have twelve years before you croak. So do something with it, my friend. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. And what was that date again? May twenty second, twenty thirty four. Yeah, it was like May. May 22nd, 2034. Uh, I, I could be off a day or two. This was like two years ago, but uh, I, I just was reminded by when I was hanging out with my sister, we watched the SNL and I was like, holy crap. You remember that we watched that John Mulaney special and those closed captions came on. And I mean, we were, we still talk about it fa- fairly frequently because it was so strange. Mm-hmm. Uh I mean, none of it makes, it doesn't make any sense. Mm -hmm. It doesn't. 
what's uh, maybe somebody has some answers, but I think you, uh, I think you got a message from, from another plane and you were given some, some wisdom. <laughs> I think you might, it's very possible. Well, my friend, thank you so much for the call. I appreciate it. Thank you, Tom. I, uh, okay. Uh, have a wonderful evening. You too. Take care. Bye. All right, my friends. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So yes, it's the end of the best show. Any, any, uh, any of the, uh, three producers have anything to add anything as we wind down anything anyone anyone want to plug uh, the book club tom oh 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 i, oh, I, I started reading oh, the book look at that this is this guy's on the on point again ap mike on point yet again the book club the book club we announced the new title for the book club and it is called blood in the garden is that what it is yes Blood in the Garden, the story of the New York Knicks in the 1990s. And I just started it today. And the recording has stopped. Uh, I didn't start yet. I didn't okay. get to, I, I'm just at the very beginning. Oh, I got you. Um, so, yeah, so that's the book we're going to do in a few weeks. We'll talk about this that. This meeting is being recorded. Recording in progress, recording something. <laughs> it's exciting. I feel like I'm uh, at the. <laughs> I feel I feel like what oh, happened I'm, I'm with the robots. Is it is it because of the designated time, <clears throat> Tom? If you just if you could just pick it up no, from uh, no. if, if you do what now? If Tom could just pick it up from um, the book is going to be great. And go ahead. The book is going to be great, and everyone should read it if they want to be a part of the best show book club. Perfect. There you go. Thank you. And I could do retakes on this thing. <laughs> I wish I knew that. I've been doing it for 20 years. <laughs> um, yeah, so we, uh, yeah, that's the book we're going to do. Um, boop, boop, boop. We got that. I also want to tell everybody one more time this Saturday, March 12th, 2 p.m. Eastern time, the Double Threat 100th episode uh, live stream, doublethreat100.eventbrite.com, all sorts of fun stuff going on including an uh t-shirt an nft shirt designed by steven winchell which will only be available to live stream attendees uh don't miss that it's going to be fun um jason dudio gore anything going on with you oh, just the hawk we, just got, the we, hawk we had a really the- good episode of the hawk this week with zach cherry from severance so check that He's out got the hawk the hawk the 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 hit show the hawk Big 108.9. 108.9 The Hawk. The Hawk. And that's that's a, people can check that out. If, and you can get links to that over at uh check your Twitter out. It's probably the cleanest yeah. way. Yep. At Sonic Dork. Um we have a website now. It's a 108.1089 the hawk.com. Okay, even better. 1089thehawk.com. And anything, Pat? Final words, thoughts? I'm, a, I'm available, folks. You want to you want to book Pat's me? Available. You want to reach out? Uh, you know, hit me up. One eight hundred Patburn. I could uh, there you go. Do home repairs, whatever you want. Look at that! Just a, a, a jack of all trades, a pat of all trades. Um, now thank you everybody for listening, and yeah, I appreciate all the kind words over the last couple of weeks. Um, we'll see. Uh, I'm gonna keep trying to take care of myself and not push myself too hard because I want to get strong and healthy in the big picture, not just temporarily and then have some sort of rollback. So 
Thank you, everybody. Best show will be back next week, and we will have fun then, too, like we did tonight. And thanks to John Hodgman and David Reese. Uh, the show Dicktown is on every week over at FXX and on, on Hulu. Thanks, everybody, and good night. Bye.